0: Hi my friends, welcome to Sort of Brilliant, a show where the characters are made up and Hogwarts house
1: sorting absolutely does matter. My name is Rachel. And I'm her best friend and co-host, Lauren. Every other week we're going to invade a fandom and determine whether your favorite character belongs in Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin. There's bound to be some arguments along the way. But in the
0: end, we're always right. Well, according to us. According to us.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Sort of Brilliant. We're shaking it up a little today. We're not sorting a TV show or a book or a movie. We are with our friends, The Nerds Are Typing, who are a new-ish podcast who are basically us, but they do MBTI and Enneagram for... uh, fandom characters. So Rachel and I freaked out when they appeared on Apple Podcasts and we immediately begged them to be on an episode with us. And we're extremely lucky that they're here. Rachel, do you want to introduce? Are you going to to hop in?
0: Yeah, I want to introduce. Are you kidding me? They are the nerds are typing. So we have Delia and Connie with us. How are you tonight? Hi, thank you for having us on. Hi, we're super excited to be here. Yes. Very excited. it was uncanny when we saw the description for your podcast and everything. Me and Lauren were talking about it and she was like, have you seen
1: this? This is amazing. Well, I listened to the trailer and the, and the trailer was like our trailer, basically. So I like, oh my basically, yes. I was like waiting for it. I was like, oh, my God, there's the screw JK Rowling. Like, it's just gonna going. <laughs> I got to put that in. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Needs to yeah. be said right
0: up front.
2: I- I forget who tagged us and was like, oh, you guys should listen to Sort of Brilliant. It was like, Jen
1: from Community Rewatch. Yes. 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 That, is, yes, yes,
2: yes, yes, that is exactly who it was. And I went to, I was the one that was on the account that day. And so I was like, oh, let me just go check them out. And I was like, oh my gosh, look, they had such a cute name. That's why I shared it with Connie at first, because I knew <laughs> we had struggled with names. But then I actually went to go listen to the trailer and I'm like, well. That's weird. And <laughs> I started listening to the first episode and I literally messaged Connie. I'm like, I think they
3: might be our doppelgangers. Yeah. That's <laughs> good or but- Lauren did. Yeah. Yeah. She literally did. And I was just like, okay. And then she was like, no, 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 no. you don't understand. <laughs> and and within 15 this, minutes like, that we've spoken, I see it. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a weird
0: parallel thing going on here because we found out that Delia and Lauren are in the same area and Connie and I are in the same area. And then Connie and I have, Two of the same, literally right two of the
3: same thing in our background. The TARDIS yeah. exploding Van Gogh poster from Doctor Who and Baby Yoda. And yeah. honestly, if I'm sure we'll find something else. I do For see sure. a TARDIS. I do. Is that a TARDIS that I see? That's a TARDIS. I have to turn. You can see it like in the. <laughs> oh my there. God. It's the same one. You got the cookie jar? the same
0: house. Is this a cookie jar? Yeah. It's the cookie jar one. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. so weird. So <laughs> weird. Oh man. Well, we're obviously, really the super. universe wanted us to collaborate. Exactly. <laughs> we're also
1: super excited because we're a full house set today. Yes. Uh, yeah. Connie and Delia are Hufflepuff Ravenclaw. So we've yeah. got all four here.
3: That's wild. That yeah. somehow is a rare occurrence.
1: It is. We it really trouble. is. We do. We have trouble finding um, Ravenclaws. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to. Yeah. Well, in, in, in <laughs> characterization, we're surrounded by them in life. But Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ravenclaws in media, we've, we've, they're, they're coming out though. The more we're talking about the more we're watching things, they're starting to come out and we're like, ah, there you are. <laughs> we we're hiding. Yeah. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for being interested. I'm thinking we were your doppelgangers. Huge compliment because you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm like,
2: yeah, these guys, they're just us, but in like some sort of parallel universe. Like <laughs> it's, just, it's meant to be. We're friends we now. Like we haven't even talked research. yet. We're friends now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was so funny. The camera went on and I was like, is that the TARDIS <laughs> behind you because that's behind me. Yeah, sure he is. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we want to know a little bit about you guys. How did you become friends? How did you get your podcast started? Yeah. How people? Um, we well, so
2: the Nerds Typing is technically a production of Black Girls Create, which is where we work essentially, <laughs> um, like in our spare time. It doesn't pay the bills yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> um, but it's it started because our friends Bionna and Robin had had well, it's done now, but had a podcast called Wizard Team. And we both just found Wizard Team at different times. Um, and what that was was a Harry Potter like read through podcast, basically, you know, from the perspective of Black Potter heads. And we both found Wizard Team through the Internet and we're talking online through Wizard Team Slack, and then ended up going to a LeakyCon and meeting, and that was kind of it. And now yeah. we're friends, and now we yes. both like work with Black Girls Create. Like the timeline is varied, but that's <laughs> essentially how that all came together. That uh, so Harry nutshell. Potter is the <laughs> catalyst.
3: Yes, for all another reason with Harry why Potter. This, another reason why this collaboration made a lot of sense. Um, But also uh, in our uh, Black Girls Create community, you know, conversations about typing and sorting always come up, obviously, naturally. Um, And then uh, Delia and I realized, like, oh, we each have this, like, preference towards one or the other. And I didn't go to Enneagram. Like, I was like, why is there math? why are there numbers? What are the W's? I just don't understand. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let me break this down for you. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, how do I find my type? And she was like, just read through, you don't have to take the test, just read through them. And whichever one hurts the most is the one. (laughs) And then I was like, wow, she, she really nailed that. And so we started like talking more and more about like typing and we would have like paragraphs of conversation because it's Mm -hmm. a slack. Uh, community and we would have paragraphs upon paragraphs like other people would happen and out but we'd still be talking like this is why I think Harry is a blah 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 and um we're like we could we should do something with this someday <laughs> so here we are oh, that's basically so
2: funny. that's all All she wrote and so we've been here for a while
0: and then we were like let's start a podcast and now we're here <laughs> but I have yeah. to ask how is con? <sighs> the fun um yes. <laughs> wow. Uh yes, it's uh, fun.
2: It is they have um <laughs> me trying to figure out how honest to be. Uh <laughs> not very,
3: not very. Yeah. Uh, it is a I've very cured about LeakyCon. It is a very curated fandom space that is hard for outsiders to come into, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when uh certain demographics are not uh, properly represented. Mm-hmm. There you go. Wow. That was mm-hmm. so diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it is fun. So like, but it know. is fun. And it's like, but I, I personally feel like any convention, you can make it fun if you're with your friends and like True. talking about the nerdy stuff that you love. So um, it's all, it was always going to be fun, but a lot of, uh, a lot of our experience is us working because we're on panels and, and running around and like, networking and like meeting people and like sometimes selling things at uh we usually share a booth with um our friends at the harry potter alliance and it was work also so that kind of like changes the fun levels of it (laughs) a bit too but in general being on a con with your friends talking about your favorite stuff is fun yeah very true very true
0: It's very similar to how Lauren and I got started too. I was gonna uh, say that
1: sounded parallel.
0: Yeah, really good. We were the same type (laughs) of and another one where in like overarching larger fandom spaces, people would be somewhat adjacent talking about sorting, and we'd be like, "No,
1: this is actually," and
0: then just tweet upon tweet upon tweet, DM after DM, and people honestly could not stand us after a while. Feel it. You can feel it, where they're like. So I'm gonna just remove myself yes. here. Like, yeah, like slowly please slowly untag me. Please untag me. Yeah, I yeah it stop. Was exactly that. Yeah, could not yeah. stop. So no, same it was because it wasn't even walk. about
1: arguing. Upon a certain point, I was just like, I have more evidence. Like yes. this is why. Yes, <laughs> I just want to say that's exactly it. That's exactly
3: <laughs> it. It's not always about arguing sometimes it is because these accounts man y'all know like these instagram accounts and tumblr accounts and breakdowns i'm just like where did you get that information from like why did you interpret it that way like yes you know a property is up to interpretation but like you're wrong. But why are you wrong though? Yeah, like, like, why are why you, do you why understand understand wrong? who this
1: character is though. Like why Like you just you read don't understand. <laughs>
3: but like a lot of times it isn't just the argument. It's like just we just want to talk about like the evidence and talk about it mm-hmm. for hours and people mm-hmm. get a little tired of that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't
0: get. I don't know how you get tired of this stuff.
3: Exactly. It's so
0: I mean, interesting.
1: We, we eventually moved it into DMs and like <laughs> found Ways to yell, because also the fandoms, are people aren't always interested in what we're watching. Like Rachel and I found out weird that we found this out, but we both played the Nancy Drew like PC games as as children, Uh, not even as children. We still play them. And then Ah. I never (laughs) met anybody who had done that in real life. And Rachel said, yeah, oh, my gosh. okay." so I was like, oh, my gosh. And the CW now has the Nancy Drew show. Oh, right. um, Right. Which is actually pretty
3: good
1: <laughs> i yeah. was surprised they get okay. Nancy's, they get nancy really well and then okay. it kind of like snowballs from there but so rachel and i are like out here sorting nancy drew characters never just like
3: shut up nobody's <laughs> watching the show yeah. like, <laughs> that's fair that's fine
0: yeah but i mean the the sorting experience the mbti the enneagram all all of this it's so interesting diving into people Yeah. And then taking that into the character space, too, because people are so passionate about their characters. Mm
3: hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever you like associate with, like if we type the character that you like is something different, that's going to cause a reaction. Mm -hmm. And it's because it people I mean, sometimes it does, but people will. It says something about you. Like, your favorite characters do say something about you. Yeah. Um, but just because they're not your type doesn't mean that it's not still a good representation of who you are. It just, it means lots of things. Like... It's just so fun to think about. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. That's like, all, is yeah. like, unfortunately, all of my favorite types are my type, and that makes a lot of <laughs> sense when we get through it. Like, it just makes a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> That's kind okay. of how we fell into doing this too, because so many people also like to say like sorting is a box, and so like yeah. putting people in boxes. Yeah,
3: like, oh, yeah, I know.
1: And the way that we do it, it's so fluid. I keep trying to tell people, not even just because I'm a Slytherin, and like, luckily we've kind of gotten past the point where people are like, oh, they're all evil or whatever. Yeah, but it's, it's not a box. It's very fluid. I'm like, literally any house can be anything. (laughs) It's just the one, it's the why it's what, how we do it is the motivation behind why you're doing things. Mm -hmm. But anybody can be doing these things for that reason. It's just like how it manifests in that person. Exactly. Yeah.
2: We always talk about, um, you know, when we're having these conversations with other people and even on the podcast, like people contain multitudes, like your type, even if you you sort yourself, you have your MBTI, your Enneagram, your Zodiac, whatever else you're into, you still contain much more to you. Like people are yeah. vast. These typing systems are only capturing a facet. They can be pretty like uh, intuitive, like the Enneagram in my opinion is, <laughs> but I'm still way more than a type five or whatever, you know? And I think people don't understand that. And that also contributes to when people get worked up about us typing a character and it's like, well, no she's really, like, this sweet character. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean that she's not. Like, it can be Mm -hmm.
3: both, both and. Yeah, Yeah. and you contain, like, properties of the other types with, like, all of us do. So, you know, my own, like, sorting system is very much like, okay, what, it's sort of value-based, but also, like, what is your, like, secondary type? Like, what is the other thing that definitely influences who you are? Like, that's not... It's not, some people it's a very like Hufflepuff Hufflepuff, but I'm a little bit of a Hufflepuff Ravenclaw. Like it just, we're all, we all contain multitudes. And I like that this process allows us to have, I guess it's really like the intellectual ways we get to talk about it. Maybe that's what it is.
1: Well, one of the things I was super interested in when I was listening to your guys' podcast is that, the like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are meant to like show these facets, but then you're supposed to move beyond having <laughs> like a, a faceted mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. Like once you have reached like completion as a human being, <laughs> you're supposed to <laughs> not be categorized anymore, which I find really interesting because um the fandom that we sit in, a lot of the arguments we get um because of the show Supernatural and what it is, is like characters can sometimes move into different universes, but still is the same mm-hmm. person. And then they're like mm-hmm. given different memories or whatever or a different backstory and so people argue well they changed houses and I'm like no
3: (laughs) but that's the thing because that is the most important thing is that it's about the writing like that is also a thing that we the two of us are very much into is like talking about writing and talking about character and talking about how stories are told and if you're a good storyteller your character will remain consistent from beginning to end and some people are good storytellers sometimes and sometimes they make Ron Weasley, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> we
2: talk yeah. about how Ron Weasley is, was like, he started down a path. This is an aside. Sorry. <laughs> is. If this is a I hear, No, like- I listened to this <laughs> I when I told it. Rachel she was very interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No- so like <laughs> Ron, the thing with Ron Weasley is I feel like JK Rowling, you know, she's got a lot of problems, but t- to include the fact that she, I feel we feel like she started writing Ron in this one way. Like you see him in book one, he's very like he can be very analytical. Like he sacrifices him for himself, um, playing wizard chess. Um, but as the story progresses, and you know, there's been discourse in the fandom like beyond just us. Like was she influenced by the movies and like like subconsciously like he becomes more of a funny type of character, even in the books. And like, he just doesn't learn from it. Like, why does he leave Harry again? I need to understand. I just <laughs> feel a way about that because I just don't think he would if his c- c- characterization had remained consistent. Consistent from the and Cause growing. Because he was so loyal. Yeah. And growing. That's the thing. Like, she lets him be stagnant. I don't know why. It just seems like there's a piece that dropped off. I'm not saying... Like in Ron's case, as far as like as far how we type him, I think he still would have been probably uh, well in Enneagram case, a six or whatever. But I think we would have seen him moving in growth in a more healthy level of a six, which that's a thing I know. Like, I know. Hello, dear listeners who don't know anything about the Enneagram yet. (laughs) Um, We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, But I just feel like she wanted to. I think when you're a writer, you have to listen to your characters because your characters are going to want to grow and evolve. And I think if you have this preconceived idea of what a character is going to do you might not listen to them and so they don't grow in a way that makes sense because i just firmly believe in the Ron that i believe in would not have left harry in the forest the final time because it already had we already did this in
0: book four but <laughs> and, and you don't scene. you don't factor in the influence of the horcrux
2: yeah but when he when he was doing some of the stuff he wasn't wearing it he was just being a nasty friend and like takes off the horcrux part way through the explosion and so like it does factor in which also I'm so excited to do an episode talking about that like magic magic's influence within Harry Potter on these things and like the horcrux specifically and then also like the potion Dumbledore drinks and like how that like drew out Mm. you know his worst memories but also like the mirror of Eris it's all interesting to typing but anyways that's an aside um (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that would have pushed him to go that far. He does regret it immediately. So there's that. I just, there's a lot of room to better Ron Weasley. And like, I think Ron Weasley deserves because he was a good friend. When he's a good friend, he's a great friend, but he's not consistently a great friend. And I don't think it's down to like the flaws of him as a person. I think it's sometimes, but also sometimes it's just flaws down to writing.
0: As I, yeah, as, I, A lot as I, of my favorite parts of Ron are
1: pre-book pre four, book four and backwards. You mm-hmm. know? So I, I know what you're saying. I definitely. Well, I was going to yeah. say, as I've grown, I've realized more and more what a piece of giant shit Dumbledore is. And I've <laughs> always wondered also, um, like, what the influence of his expectations were because he expected Ron to do that. <laughs> like, you know, he cried right, out true. as the mm-hmm. great, like, manipulator. the so, light for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always wondered how that might have gotten him too, because wasn't there or am I am I making this up again? Like we made up the whole serious thing, Rachel, where, um, where Ron no, was he like says, a little jealous about. Yeah, he says it, doesn't he? He was like he a little says, jealous of his relationship with Dumbledore or like how much faith Dumbledore had in Harry. I, I like, think special it's alluded treatment. to in some way. Yeah, yeah,
0: she does. J.K. Rowling does do this thing where she tries to make Ron more of this like regressing mama's boy who's mm-hmm. jealous of. Everything. I don't know if it's that he hit puberty and she's just like, let's make him a dick. I don't know, <laughs> but he's he certainly has those moments where you're like, well, oh, come on. So I always kind of forgave it because of the horcrux and proximity to the horcrux and whatever else. And I just think uh, Gryffindor's in general have that kind of tantrum in them. Sure. <laughs> so, and he did immediately regret it. So I don't want to hate one of the main trio. You know. <laughs> and Lauren always calls me Ron Weasley. So, you know.
3: I, uh, see, you're the influence not of your like like that, that you Nobody <laughs> in the woods.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't nah. hate Ron Weasley. We, criti- like, that's a thing that happens, like, when we do panels and stuff. Like, we, like, really believe in critical fandom. Like, you should be able to criti- critique the things mm-hmm. we love. And, like, okay, I do yeah. like Ron Weasley, but I think a lot of people think I
1: straight up hate him. I'm like,
2: no, I hate what J.K. <laughs> Rowling did. <Yeah>. She <laughs> should answer for so crimes. Crimes. we
1: <laughs> Yeah, we live in that house of criticizing the, uh, the media that we <laughs> yeah. kind of demands it. That's the funny thing about Supernatural, too. It's like the story's awful and the writers should be thrown away. <laughs> but like the one thing that they accidentally did correctly is like the overall characterization growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was they did not do it on purpose. Yeah. But you can see way. Dean Winchester like from our view go from such an unhealthy Gryffindor to like. A really healthy Griffin heart wow. weird. So yeah. yeah,
0: it's crazy. It's accidentally good. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> Really? just
0: the characters but yeah so, that's, um, so then that that really leads me into asking you guys what is
1: your basis for sorting like how yeah. do you sort characters I wanted I'm so interested because of our Captain America conversation yeah I'm <laughs> super <laughs> excited we got a lot
0: of pushback for Steve Rogers
1: yeah, yeah I saw that yeah. I was like
2: everybody relax but you know no. these things, I, go, I don't go no. to Marvel first of all first and foremost like I don't actually go there like that's the running joke in our friend group is that I just pretend that I do but I don't um, so I didn't have a ball in the fight anyway but like
3: everybody felt away, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Um, <laughs> yeah, Delia sent it to me and didn't know that she was like lobbing like a Molotov cocktail <laughs> <laughs> into oil.
1: <laughs> I think Steve uh, Rogers is one of those characters that everybody's like, "We want to be like that." Sure, so. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but I, yeah. So that was one of the things when uh, I we first like, we're like, oh my gosh, what is this podcast? And I remember telling Connie, I was like, this is so interesting. They think of sorting in such a different way, but it's so fascinating how you can come to like different, but also sometimes similar conclusions because of the way you do it. Like the, the what it, I'm not a scientist, but like the methodology behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for us, we usually talk about sorting as values-based. And so when we say that, what that means is that like, Everybody, everybody, you know, has values, has things they strive to be, you know, they they admire in others. So like for me as a Ravenclaw, I value intelligence and wisdom and wit. Um, And often if you value these things, you will also take them on because you value them and because you want to be them. But sometimes. Some people just don't have the range, which I think would explain
3: (laughs) like Peter Pettigrew. The main reason why we think of it this way is because I think of Peter Pettigrew.
2: Yeah, I think he wanted to be brave. I think he wanted to be just like his buds in the Marauders, but I don't think he had the range. So I don't think the fact that he was at the end of the day until he wasn't a coward for a good portion of the um, story means that he didn't value bravery. I still think that's what he would have loved to be. Um, but I think, though, that will happen less often. I think most of the time, if you value something, you'll take on those traits and also be those traits. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so that's it usually also how we look. A lot about I ne- of- no, I was just going to say uh, Neville's also another character where it's like people would absolutely put him in Hufflepuff based on, like, his actions and what he does and his interests. I mean, he hangs out in the herbology greenhouses all the time, uh, but because I think he values bravery based on, like, the way his grandparents were like um, molding him and trying to push him in a particular direction. And also because of, you know, the, the, the specter of like his parents accomplishments. And so I think that's what landed him in Gryffindor as opposed to being in Hufflepuff, but he is a Hufflepuff secondary because mm-hmm. that is how I think about it. So exactly what Delia said, but also like, I I like it when people, um, I don't really do Zodiac, I don't really go there, but uh, when people are like, your house rising and your house, your moon, Um, so I really, or your sun and your moon or whatever, Um, so I really like that, so it's like, I'm a Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw rising, Um, (laughs) and I don't know exactly what that means in, in Zodiac, I think I know what it means, but it's like, I like that you, I mean... It's sort of like, every time we take those quizzes that aren't the Pottermore one, because I hate the Pottermore quiz, um, (laughs) and anytime someone's like, oh, I was sorted into this house, and I'm like, well, did the quiz tell you that, or did you decide that you liked that answer, because the choice is part of the point. The choice is part of the point. So, um... But, you know, we contain multitudes. There are other ways in which we, um, other things we value and other ways in which we, like, express what we value. And I think that has a lot to do with um, your primary and secondary houses, as I like to call them.
2: (laughs) But I do want to make clear, like, just because we're saying, like, because of the way we view sorting, Peter Pettigrew could belong to Gryffindor. I absolutely don't think J.K. Rowling intended that. I don't think she thought. That deeply in disorder. No, so
3: like that's no. just. I think our we, reasoning. Get it we get it more than she does. It. I think right, we get yeah. it more than she does because there's no reason why by book seven all the Slytherins were sent out of the castle. Like no there's even. just literally no reason. When she's when like the point of the story is that like two of the major Slytherin characters, Draco and Snape, are like given this like multitude of a of a characterization. And, and Slughorn's still into the there, story, dueling it out. And Slughorn, like, <laughs> and it's, like, every single Slytherin, like, there's no reason why no, like, Harry wouldn't peep or, like, clock that Slytherin stayed. And there's no reason why McGonagall would just kick them all out. Like, by seven? That part. By McGonagall's seven. McGonagall's not even about that, that life. Part. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. It. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we talk about that all the time, how yeah. she
1: totally yeah. screwed up sorting. like, she does And then, then I feel like it doesn't,
3: all. and then we don't. We can't really talk about cursed child because it's just a disaster, <laughs> but but it just proves to me that she doesn't understand sorting because she allowed the playwright yeah. to like make um Albus like a Slytherin or, yeah. or is it I think they're both in Slytherin but yeah yeah but they're yeah. Hufflepuffs <laughs> at least I, I haven't um, even Scorpi- thought about it I- <laughs> at least Scorpius is a Hufflepuff Scorpius oh, yeah, is yeah, absolutely yeah. a yeah. Hufflepuff and that so it's just like Slytherin. I'm just like, I, why would you after after 15 years, like, ma'am? <laughs> just don't understand. If you understand. like give
1: her, if you give her the ignorance thing, like she's incredibly ignorant. Even then, the Doesn't stuff that sense. she was actively trying to subvert, like the stereotype stuff, and then none of the houses hang out with anybody from any of the other it houses. Makes no sense. I'm like, this is the thing you're trying to do. <laughs> like, this is the message you wanted to have, and none of it is.
3: Follow, follow, following through at all I, it's so it's, frustrating as someone who's like very into, into house sorting and is very much like wow i know that's not what your type is because you took the, yeah. you took and, the stupid plot of her quiz and it's wrong it's wrong yeah.
1: and honestly like everybody that i don't think we've ever disagreed on where she sorted people not counting Kirschchild, but i feel like sure. everybody that she got was accidental like, <laughs> yeah. she, like, yeah. like, she had no clue, but I used them, too, inkling. because, yeah, like, another one is Lockhart, and people are like, how is he? And I'm like, no, you know, he is. I'm like, this is why. Yeah, he is. He's, like, yeah. a weird yeah. one, but he, Right, and there. I think there's
3: room for outliers, and yeah. but I, I do think that that was accidental, because a lot of it was just like, eh, he's a Ravenclaw. Like, it was never in the text, yeah. so it's like, eh. Who yeah. cares? Like, where? It's, literally, it's literally, it's literally with a it. Harry
1: Potter musical when they're like, you know, the the nice ones go in Gryffindor, the evil ones go in Slytherin, mm-hmm. and then like the rest yeah. of you go wherever the hell you want. I don't yeah. Know you
0: want. <laughs> well, that's what got us to Steve Rogers' pushback because most people read it that way, the way that she set it up for everyone to read that they're murderers and they're evil and they're terrible. No so how do you a hero, heroic Steve Rogers in no. Slither? Listen to the episode. <sighs> I have, so I have a big argument for Steve. You still have, I have up. no
2: uh, <laughs> feelings about this. I forgot what I said. I said something, that's the thing. If you ever well, if, if you all ever seen me on ridiculous. Twitter or in the podcast talking about Marvel, <laughs> right,
1: like Marvel. I know something. <laughs> she's making it up. <laughs> you guys <laughs> said were hilarious because you were talking about threes and you were like, almost every three is a Slytherin, except there are some Gryffindors, and then they were like, Steve Rogers is a huge three, and I was like <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's absolutely a three. I definitely know that, that.
1: <laughs> Ma'am. But I can see how we intersect because values a lot of time plays into why you do things mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm, value yeah. something. So that is why your motivation. So I can see how we agree, but then also
3: <laughs> don't hit right. the right one. Exactly. <laughs> at some point. exactly yeah. Because in our system, Steve Rogers values Hufflepuff values, but sometimes he acts like a Gryffindor and maybe he has some Slytherin traits, maybe.
0: Well, Hufflepuffs and Slytherins it, it, in our system, or Swordology, i don't even know what to call this account, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love yeah. it. Let's it started. That should have been the podcast name. Uh, Sortology. <laughs> <laughs> S- S- Slytherins and Hufflepuffs are so alike. They're so, so, yes. They're so yeah. similar. Yes, yes. it's so like Hufflepuff, they they and I'm like, I see how you got
3: there. Yeah, similar. actually, that's an excellent, excellent point because one of my favorite like memes that goes around is like um you know the friendship between a Hufflepuff and the Slytherin and it's Mm -hmm. like the Hufflepuff's like "Ooh, I'm gonna be out here and I am friendly and kind and the Slytherin's (laughs) like did you put on a hat why didn't you put on a (laughs) stupid hat it's 45 degrees outside like why wouldn't you do this?" and it's just like the like that energy is so great and another reason why it's like really JK Rowling like no houses hang out. And then in on where it's like, "Oh, the Huff- no one has made it into the Hufflepuff common room like ever." And I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> the Hufflepuffs love everyone. They are the and often in series are like the the rest, the miscellaneous or whatever. And you want to <laughs> tell me that they don't have parties and invite everybody? By the kitchen. She- By yeah, the yeah. kitchen. In- By How the
0: kitchen on Twitter like and not that I want to go near that anymore, but <laughs> Didn't she say that the Hufflepuffs were um, in the common room? Doing some nasty stuff together. Did she? Right, Lauren. Yeah, I don't, know. You don't remember. She said so yeah. much shit. She was afterwards like, "They're was very, to, uh, ex- I don't know. They're very sexually promiscuous in Hufflepuff." Yeah, what? what? That's your house, Connie. Connie, like, you're gonna have to answer for this one. I don't remember for her that, crimes, Connie. I don't remember that, and she's in jail for many
3: reasons, and that will be another
0: one because uh, no. she also said they poop in their pants and magic it away. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> listen to this woman. Yeah, never never again. Again. Do, you,
1: do you guys go to the boys? Do you no. play okay, then I won't go there. But I was just thinking about it the other day too. It like satirized. I don't know, would you call it yeah. sat- satire that yeah. yeah, they take? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I've like part the- of
3: the premise of it, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. So they're about to have the character that is gonna be the Captain America or whatever. And Rachel and I were having a conversation the other day because she was like, I don't understand how he can be like what you're saying. 'Cause he's supposed to be like worse than the worst guy who's like mm-hmm. the Superman one or whatever. And she's like, I don't understand. I was like, it's really not that hard. He could literally be Steve Rogers and just be a bad person. Like Steve <laughs> mm-hmm. is just a good person, but yeah. like the way that he does things.
3: Yeah,
0: the way you goes about a good person. Can be.
1: Endgame. Yeah. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm not an endgame fan. Uh, I don't know about you guys.
3: I, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I, like, yeah, I loved it, it was great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So now, have you just not seen any of
2: the Marvel movies or? I've seen some. I've seen um, part of the first Captain America, the first Avengers. Okay. I've seen Black Panther multiple times. Good um, one. Yep. I've seen the first Thor. Ma'am. Not
1: the best Thor. That, that's the best, that's about <laughs> not the best Marvel movie.
3: <laughs> like your choices are not inspiring for that anyone to want to continue watching. Out. I know, but like. Man, the quality increase. <laughs> I need you to do better. Yeah. And it's been years. It's been years, and I've still. Fa- it's been three years, and and we haven't cracked her. I know. Um, <laughs> I need to know. We're trying really she's hard. She's just stubborn now. Uh, she's we're like, dangling. No. We're <laughs> yeah. dangling Tom Holland in front of her face. I do. And love she's Tom still. Holland. And she's still she's not there yet. And I just one day we're gonna get it one day. But it's. I it's, saw the 2003 Hulk. Does that count? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, yeah, one day, but I have to. I'm trying to come up with the ways in which we can like piecemeal it because she's not going to be the type to watch all of them. And like, I just want her to trust me in that I know which one she would like. Like, I just need her to trust me. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Black Panther again. Me <sighs> too. <sighs> but then you can
1: watch Thor Ragnarok. I'm I was going <laughs> right I'm after biased, you would I love that you one. You would love Thor Ragnarok You would love that one. But-
3: Great Man. movie. What about Iron Man? What? No. Iron wouldn't do it? no. Yeah, they're good. I love right? Iron Man. No. I love Iron Man very much. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Ma'am. I'm not surprised. <laughs> 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 but Delia wouldn't. See, I know she's not going to be into it. And so I'm not going to force it okay. on her. But okay. Spider-Man, we need to watch all these movies.
2: I know. That one is <laughs> it, it just enough. It stays front eye every time Tom Holland pops up on my timeline. I'm like, is it time? Is it time? It <laughs> is. Take the leap. I don't have very many celebrity crushes, but for some reason, Tom Holland is one.
3: <laughs> and she hasn't that even is- seen him in his most popular work. I just don't understand. Well, can we consider
0: uh, Zuko from Avatar celebrity crush? <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. Very good. Yes. 110 percent. <laughs> yes. Yes, we got to sort him. I gotta get.
1: I gotta get Lauren to watch. I Avatar. have seen Avatar all the way through. I watched it when it was on on Nickelodeon. But when you were a I probably, kid. Yeah, I oh, need to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I don't want to watch Star Wars again. I just saw it a year ago. I you need not, to watch it. And sort could it. I give less of a shit about Star Wars. That's, I'm really sorry. Everybody that's does. another crazy thing that Rachel and I have done in our like sort, sortology is we've like. Done left side Gryffindor or whatever to right side Gryffindor. And oh, it makes okay. no sense to anybody but us, I'm pretty yeah, sure. But it sure. makes perfect sense. And Tony's all the way on the right side Gryffindor, like the very extreme. <laughs> Who's the left side Gryffindor? Just, uh, uh, Edward, Cullen Edward Cullen is our Cullen. extreme left side Gryffindor. brooding Emo <laughs>
0: medicine. Nightmare of a human being. <laughs> okay, so where would Ron go then?
1: He's probably right. uh, on the...
0: He's on the right. He's a tantrum throwing mess. He's a wreck of a person. The further along the right you get, the
1: messier. Yeah. Come on. No, the left side's pretty messy too. It's just in a different it's way. It's a different kind of mess. Yeah. interesting. It's like, it's okay. a, the left side's like, uh, you know, Edward well, Collins, I describe, Bucky guys, Barnes, wanted to max None of these so people like a, refined,
3: <laughs> like a refined bisexual, is what you're saying? Sure.
0: <laughs> they have, the left side have good relationships with their parents, and the right side don't.
1: Huh. So maybe around somewhere and in the middle. That's totally coincidental, too. Like, that wasn't something <laughs> that was orchestrated. Interesting. Yeah.
3: Interesting.
0: Gryffindors have some mommy-daddy issues for sure. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. Well, look at Harry Potter. He's like the, the poster yeah. boy for parent, parental mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Harry. Well, actually, before happen. we move on, I do, I want to ask, who is your favorite Harry Potter character?
2: Oh, complicated question. Well, Connie can go first. She's got a more okay. answer.
3: It's Remus Lupin. Cute. Okay. Who was also an Enneagram 9, which is what I'm saying. <laughs> all my types are the types. I was going to say maybe
1: we'll have all the marauders, but then no, nobody likes Peter Pettigrew. So. Yes.
3: Nope.
1: I'm inexplicably James Potter.
3: I I'm sorry. I love that. As someone as someone who's read lots of Jilly fanfic. I'm not you know, mad at it. I'm not mad at not it. It's not
1: even from fanfic. I have not read a lot of fanfic. It's purely from the books and like my extrapolation you're a, you're of, what, canon you know? of what nobody should <laughs> like. Yeah.
0: I love that you extrapolate out here. So many people
2: don't like James. Like I've had so many fight. Okay. Be be well, yeah, because everybody <laughs> wants to
1: be a Snape lover, and I'm not here for it. Yeah, they James was such a bully, Thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> he wasn't. I'm, that's a strong word. bully. That's a strong, strong statement. statement. That is a strong statement. I think he was a really dumb teenage boy.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. meaner than he needed to be to other teenage boys. Definitely. but Yes, but did he bully Snape? No, Snape instigated it. It's fine. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> no, see, gonna... My favorite is Sirius,
0: who absolutely instigates on purpose. <laughs> does. I love him. He does love Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> he does. So Um, we don't have a full set of that. No No. no one likes Peter here. No.
2: My favorite. It's so hard to pick a single favorite. Um, Once upon a time, my favorite was Neville. But probably uh, I have a hard time. Like I'm like on the spectrum of my personality. Like I sit solidly between Luna Lovegood and Hermione Granger. So to pick between them is very difficult. (laughs) Um, Ma'am, what about McGonagall? McGonagall. Oh, duh. Yes, McGonagall is my favorite. And uh, as well, she is actually my favorite. I was thinking of. I get stuck sometimes thinking of like students, Students. but yes, Mm you're right. Overall, overall, like (laughs) I remember there was a bracket going around. I was like, well, I already know how this ends. It's McGonagall. But okay, let's go through the motions. Um, I I blame you. Which is also why I was like, she did not send the Slytherins away. I am sorry. Yeah, rolling your rock. Me off.
1: Yeah. Wait, I need to ask, I need to ask something else. This is totally, well, it's in topic of Harry Potter, but Rachel and I have a theory, like totally ignoring Cursed Child, that that. Aims Diggory would have been a Death Eater if like he could have, if he could have without it being like socially unacceptable, like other people would have been upset about it. Pre Cedric's death or after? Both. I think he would I think he would have been a Death Eater. He's a That's bad
2: dude. super interesting. Even though... Wait, this was before curse Child came out. That no, we be like,
1: He, he would be a Death Eater, don't right? Don't <laughs> care about curse Yeah, definitely
3: don't care about curse Child. But, like, even if Voldemort... I mean, like, Peter, like, murdered his son? Okay, yes. so I guess not... Wait, I think so. Yes. I think he would have been. It wouldn't a death have eater. been his son. Like, yeah. It wouldn't have been his son, right? <laughs> right.
1: In that yeah. timeline, had right. he been if one, he would have been Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No. So I guess, I, yeah, he wouldn't have like joined the Death Eaters after Cedric was killed. But I he, think he still him would in have. In his whole thing, you think was, so? Was, do you? Here's key. Here's he what was I think giving would me would vibes happened. on the hill with the port key. I was like, I think he would have because I
2: look. Okay, firstly, <laughs> I watch a lot of K dramas, <laughs> so <laughs> like, bear with me. The
1: drama, the
2: dramatic, the dramatic. But I think Voldemort would have used Cedric's death and lied about it. There was only three people there and lied about it and used it
3: to make it seem like it was Harry's fault. He blames Harry anyway. He he blames blames Harry anyway. And if he doesn't know, I think even if he did know that it was like Peter, it's still Harry's fault. And I think Voldemort could still twist that. So Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at it. Um, I like it I like this head case. because he's like that's <laughs> yeah, the vibe we got <laughs> and I don't know if we canonically know he's a Hufflepuff like no we don't I, know I don't know I don't think so I don't, uh, but I, I don't but have to lift
1: this up now. but again
3: the mm. fact that he if he's a Hufflepuff, that makes it even more interesting. Well, that's why <laughs> we started
1: talking about it, yeah. because we were like, they're not that far away. And like the people who were Death Eaters, like everybody knew, but like didn't mm-hmm. know because they were like, We're not, but everybody knew who those families they were. were. In Slytherin, which... I was like, if he could have if he could have been in there, he totally a hundred percent would have been all for it.
0: Is it only Slytherin families in the entire series? Uh, the wiki says the Hufflepuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Who it was? It is only Slytherins, as far as I yeah. can remember. Yeah. Which is That's so ridiculous. Stupid. That's beyond ridiculous. Which is stupid. There are definitely. Because you have laws. Peter
0: Pettigrew, you want to sit there and like <laughs> talk about how Gryffindor is so brave and the best ones. And, uh, <laughs> Peter Pettigrew is the worst per I- honestly, Voldemort obviously is the worst bell. It's so awful. Peter does something to me internally that it- I get so uh,
3: it's the serious. Angry. It's the serious. It's
0: the serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can- I Flames on the side of your face. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man.
1: If I could have just. That's why I get mad about Vita it too. To when, people are, when people are like, oh, Peter should have been in Slytherin.
3: I'm like, a Slytherin no. would never, Slytherin if they truly loved that person, yes. would
1: never. Correct. I was like, bullshit. Like, a
3: Slytherin's, like, crew is their ride or die. And, yeah. like, you can see that because Draco, like, goes back for Coil or Crab or whichever one. Whichever <laughs> one. Like, why? It's like, he went back for him, and I'm just like, Okay.
1: Choice.
3: <laughs> oh man, this is
0: the most I gotta say, guys, that we've talked about Harry Potter on this Harry on this Potter podcast. podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. should, we, should we get into wow. the typing now?
3: We can. Yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry to I'm like, is this gonna be a two part episode? Because <laughs> <laughs> or three hours, three whichever. I mean, yeah,
1: we we did a episode recently on our OTP and we're like, it's gonna be forty five minutes, it's a bonus episode. It Wait, but I wanna two hours. hours.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. Uh, So the MBTI, I have very limited experience with it. I just know mine. I find it extremely interesting. Extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can tell you what ours are and then you tell us what yours are and tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Let's do it. I am an ENFJ according to the fact that I've taken the test like four or five times. (laughs) It's been the same one over the course of my life and actively trying not to get it over and over because... (laughs) And it's still. <laughs> and Lauren?
1: Uh I am an INTJ. Aha, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm also I am in, have. Go ahead. I was gonna say I also have taken the test and forgotten what I am and retaken the test and get the same thing. So
2: <laughs> I talk about this on our podcast. I was mistyped for a long time as an INTJ, but I'm actually an INTP. But because I mistyped for so long, I do still feel like a lot of like similarities to INTJ, like, I think for an INTP, I present very INTJ, and there's reasons for that, we can talk about that later, or you go, I talk about it on the podcast, y'all can go listen, but, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so that's why I was like, oh, INTJ, also, and then I'm like, oh, wait, no, not also me,
3: but close! <laughs> <laughs> um, very I'm, close. I'm an INFJ, um, and it's funny because it seems like that's the type, that's probably the most, like, interested in typing, like, as a, as a thing, because, <laughs> Part of the thing with our personality is that we're like very interested in other human beings and just like want to know all the things and like how, you know, we're very people uh, centric. Um, so the MBTI, uh, I guess the the first place we can start is the, the there are four designations. So that's why we said uh, a four letters. Um, and those four designations come together to form a, a profile, basically your type. Um the first one, it's, it's very, it's a do, do, it's a duo. <laughs> That's the word. Um, it's a duo. <laughs> and so the first one is introverted versus extroverted. Uh, the second is uh, sensing versus intuitive. Um, well, I guess we'll go back. The first is introverted versus extroverted. Uh, So basically, like, extroverted are your typical people people uh, love to be out and about. Um, Doesn't always mean that you're a people person. Um, You may just like being out in the world and, like, being surrounded by, uh, you know, energy or, you know, just like out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, And it makes more sense when you contrast it with introvert, which is like you're more in your head. Like you're thinking... Um, you you just like live your primary like world is in your head, and you're just like a person who can sit and think for hours and not find a problem with it. Extroverts typically um have their energy drained by being alone and by themselves and not stimulated externally, and introverts uh, love being alone. Uh, that charges their battery, so that when we're out in public. Uh, you know, we, the battery drains a little bit cause it's like, there's a lot of people can do all of this. Uh, <laughs> and then you go home and charge your battery again. So those are the sort of the common ways that people talk about those two. Um, sensing versus intuitive is the second designation. So S or N, um, sensing is sort of how you intake information about the world. So are you using your five senses? Like you're very present minded. Um, the example I use a lot is I have a friend who, um, if she's deciding what to eat or, like, has food in front of her, she always sniffs it. Like, she's always, like, that's how she intakes, like, if she's going to eat it or not. Meanwhile, I'm just like, mm, what do I feel like eating today? Mm, Chinese food. Like, <laughs> very intuitive and very just, like, what your gut says. Like, you can use, like, patterns based on, like, previous experiences with food. And just like, eh, Chinese food's good. I'm going to go with that. Um, <laughs> and so those are, that's sort of, like, that those two um, the next one is feeling versus thinking. Uh, so feelers, which is how you make decisions about the world around you. So um, thinkers are uh, very logic based, very fact based, like, you know, very cut and dry and feelers are like emotion based. Like what, how is this going to affect people? Like, you know, myself or other people. Uh, <laughs> and the last one is judging versus, versus perceiving. Uh, and, even in my, like, podcast research, I've learned how much more complicated that is. That is. Um, but it's just easier. It's all Carl Jung's fault. Like, we just don't need to go back that far. But um, judging, judging versus perceiving is, perceiving is, you know, how you uh, interact with the world. So are you more spontaneous, more like living the moment, more like, okay, we can just go out right now and we'll just go and do it. Uh, less of a planner. Uh, less structured, less organized typically, Um, and our judger is more structured, more interested in uh, calendars and specific times and dates, and at least some sort of like framework for how something in the future is going to go. Um, And then so when you match those four up and you've picked your two uh, things, it comes with a profile and you can like look it up and see what folks have to say about it. Um, And if if it if it drags you, I'm sorry, um, but it's not. As, it's, but it's not as bad as the Enneagram. I'll just tell you that because uh, the <laughs> the Enneagram, <laughs> MBTI is basically like uh, about your uh, how do we usually say it? Like the the oh, it's a it's about. Um-
2: like, your cognitive process is, like...
3: Yeah, like, it's a, sort of, like, about what things. you do and how you do it. And the Enneagram is more like your, the inner work, like, what you... The motivation you and why and motiv- you do it. You. Yeah, and the motivations behind why you do it. So those are the two different ways those two things, like, talk about you. Um, and so there aren't typically, like, Enneagram... Like, there are typical Enneagram and MBTI, like, overlaps, but you can be any of the... Enneagrams and any of the MBTIs um, because it just says, it's talking about two different parts of, like, how you uh, think about yourself and, like, interact with the world and other people. Mm-hmm. So any questions is- so far? <laughs> no.
0: Would- and you have a little bit of, like, a another type in you? Like, say, so, ENFJ, can I have something else? Sort of, like, the way you were describing houses, you feel like you have a little <laughs> Ravenclaw in you. Um, well, I think... No, go ahead,
2: Delia. I- oh, I was just going to say, well, the... the- the thing with the having the two, the two designations within um, each letter is it's about having a preference, but just because you have a preference does not mean you never use the other. And the great example is like oh, we both me and Connie have talked about how like when we're in workplace settings or like or we go to conventions and we're talking on panels like we've heard so many times people are like, you don't seem introverted, like you're so you know, you, you're so friendly and, you know, bubbly and blah, 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 things like that. Um, and that's because you're using your extroverted, like you can still access it. Like you can still use extroversion and be like a people person, just like even though Lauren and I are thinkers, like we still feel things like we still like, you know, deal w- with emotions not to, and well, I don't but want to, right. yeah. w- 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 not <laughs> too. we may reject it, but I mean, they're <laughs> there. And so some And sometimes, maybe every now and again, you'll lean. Like if my sister, my little sister comes to me and she's upset about something, like I will try and lean more into the feeling aspect of things to try and help her through it because she's my little sister and that's what I would do. But your preference and what you usually trend toward is going to be one or the other. Even if it's a slight preference, you're going to have one. Mm-hmm.
3: And then to make it more complicated, there are these <laughs> things called cognitive functions. Um, and so whatever your like letter designation is, it means that you have a list of like four cognitive stat uh functions. Uh so it's called your cognitive stack. Um, and it sort of determines how you how your letters um occur. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because really when you actually
2: get down to the actual in, it, the the in the in into the depths of the actual MBTI, because Connie did not want to get into the Enneagram because she was like, it's numbers, it looks like math. But honestly, the MBTI functions way more like math. <laughs> Than the enneagram does because it's more like a an if then statement like, <laughs> if this if that then your yeah MBTI
3: is this but don't oh, don't tell Lena sense. don't tell Lena Delia because she's gonna be so mad oh, at absolutely me absolutely not I won't <laughs> people keep trying to be like it's math and I'm like no it's not math I was a communications major I can't do math like why <laughs> would you tell me that um it's fine but yes uh there, there is like a order of events that happens um. And what I've learned, and this is all very recently, is that, judge, you know, there's the perceiving and judging that I just mentioned. And then there's like big perceiving and big judging, oh. as I've been <laughs> calling it. Um, and so judging is how you make decisions and perceiving is how you intake information. And your first two uh, cogn- in your cognitive stack, I don't really delve deeper into that because that's like... And like MBT at like 301, 401. I'm not there yet. I'm still on like (laughs) 201. Um, And so those, um, those two, basically, one tells you how you make decisions and one tells you how you intake information. So I'll use just everyone on this call as an example. And then we can move on because there are 16 types. And man, (laughs) do I not remember them all? Because how could you? (laughs) It's like, oh, Hogwarts houses, there are four of them. Enneagram, it's nine. And I'm like, six yeah we can uh, <sighs> okay <that. laughs> anyway um let's see if i remember actually because i have like a little chart here but um i might not i'll just do the. Inter- i remember mine if you want sure let's start with intp so i'll start in that intp's primary um decision making function is introverted thinking so what that means is your internal framework of knowledge uh is understood based on what makes things work, what data and categories and mental processes, like, these are the things that interest you the most and how you make decisions. Like, you categorize uh, your life that way. And then uh, it would be extroverted thinking. Nope, extroverted intuition. intuition. Uh, <laughs> you have to... Uh, it's, a, it's a whole thing. So I, I'll so know what it is. I'll know what it is, but like... It takes a minute, and we don't have to get into it. But um, so, extroverted intuition—you uh, connect and explore new ideas, um, and see them as equal. Uh, you're, you see the potential and implement them very quickly, and are good at winging it. So you combine those two things, and that is how Delia makes decisions and intakes information.
1: So you guys said that boat thing for INTJ, and I was it INTP, where you're comparing the two. Like one of them would figure out what was wrong with the boat. And oh fix yes, it. yes, and The other yes, person yes. would be concerned yes. with like the people. I told Rachel that, and she was like, "Yeah, of course that's what you would do. We'd like, be <laughs> yeah. like, to save all the people, we need to fix the boat." Yeah, <laughs>
0: like- yes, yes, exactly. And it
3: doesn't make you a bad person. Exactly. You're thinking in a we different need way. all of those things. Valid. So like we need all yeah. of those things because if Snow White's going to fix the boat, then where are we going to do with the people? But somebody's right. got to think about the people. Because uh, who cares about the boat? Uh, it makes <laughs> it, like it does make sense. Uh, and that's you know another reason why it's so fascinating to think about these things because you know in real life and also in stories we can see like the ways in which people like fill in the gaps for each other um and i think that's cool um enfj hi rachel uh (laughs) enfj leads with where is it on my little chart enfj leads with extroverted feeling uh so you judge situations based on its effect on other people uh, their well-being, their motivation, their well-being of those people and you are able to motivate others uh, to work together and you mirror others to bond with them. Does that sound right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to see me
0: in classes with people when I have to do group work. I'm like, oh, you love that? I love that too. Let's get it done. Come on. We'll be, we'll be best friends. We can hang out after. Let's go. Yeah. It's sad. It's I don't not like it. Sad. It's not sad. Um, and then- I exhaust myself. <laughs> when you were describing how I think, like, you just live in your own brain, I'm like, that is, I couldn't even for a second live with my own thoughts in my own brain. Yeah, no.
3: (laughs) I love seeing this in practice, (laughs) honestly, because, like, a lot of times we talk about it very theoretical, and, like, we can talk about it with characters, but when, like, introducing actual people to it, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing yourself, aren't you? (laughs) Yep. Um, and so that means that your uh, secondary cognitive function would be introverted feeling. Nope. Introverted intuition. Introverted intuition. Okay. Um, which is you consider future implications of new ideas you visualize completely before acting and you consider many perspectives and you test ideas. Yeah. Super anxiety. You <laughs> have to think about everything yes. first. Yeah. Yes. And I'm an INFJ, so I lead with that. Ah. Uh-huh. That's how I that is yes. It's just oh, like we're the same way at the at the end half. There. Yes, we're like so, sort oh. of flip-flopped. Uh so Twinsy. I lead with I lead with introverted feel introverted intuition and then have extroverted feeling. Okay. So uh it's just, oh, just flip. the direction in which you uh typically like do that. It's mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh that doesn't yeah. mean that all like I'm pretty sure that all, is that true? What? Like all the extroverted ones are mirrors of the introverted ones. Yeah, that would be true. Yeah. So like oh, ENFJ yeah. and INFJ are have the same cognitive functions, but they're flipped.
2: Yeah. What makes them different from extroverted to introverted is that it's what you lead with. So like I leave mm-hmm. with an introverted function. So therefore I'm mm-hmm. an introverted type. Mm-hmm. Rachel leaves with an extroverted function, therefore she is an extroverted So the people
3: thing is your primary thing that you uh, do, you know, that's how you make decisions about the world. But it's supported by how you intake information, which is like considering, you know, the uh, possibilities in the world. I consider the possibilities in the world and then figure out how to apply them to people. Oh,
0: interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's opposite of me. Yeah. (laughs) I
3: got yeah 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 Yeah, for sure yeah I'm just like oh what are we gonna do okay and then I'm like okay well this is how we can like connect people um in my personal life I remember in college uh I I was in a gospel choir and I was like the club president and in order to like have the other positions filled um like over the course of the time it's like a semi-small group and it was like voting involved but like I would just, like, see what the group needed and then would be like, you would be a really good person to be this position. Like, you love numbers and math and you'd be a good secretary. Just a Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's true. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I get what what you're saying. I I go in with... um, just throwing myself in sure. front of everything and just like, everything and then is a performance. It it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> then I figured it out after. And everything is like, oh, ENFG, you're the people pleasers. I'm like, I don't view it like I'm doing that. I'm trying to make everybody comfortable, trying to make sure. everybody happy. Yes. Feel
3: harmony is a very and good and nice. Yes. Both of our types are very like harmony focused, which is yes. also, um, when we get to our Enneagram that we also share <laughs> that as you as a two and me as a nine, we both like have a, have an interest in, uh, Having harmony among other people. Yeah, it's important. It is. Mm-hmm. Lauren doesn't eat I, it.
1: No, I was going to say, I have <laughs> to ask what the TJ means because when I look up my characters, I always have like either villains or like very serious yeah. people. And I'm like... <laughs>
2: For you... <laughs> very serious person. You're flipped from me. So I lead with introverted thinking and then I have extroverted intuition. So I extrovert. I put intuition out into the world. You're flipped. You lead w- with introverted intuition. So your intuition is focused internally and you lead with extroverted thinking. And so we didn't really talk about this and it can get confusing. And if y'all are confused and confused listeners, don't worry. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We have all podcasts um, where we break it down a little slower. But whatever you ext- whatever you extrovert out into the world, whatever your first extroverted function is, that's how you get your J or P. So your extroverted function is a judging function. Like thinking and feeling are how you judge the world. Intuition and sensing how you perceive the world, and since I lead with in, um, ex- at, since I'm sorry, since I extrovert intuition, I have, and that's a perceiving function. My last letter is a P, so that's how you get your J, is because you put out thinking into the world.
1: That sounds like me. So I keep all the good thoughts to myself, and I boss everybody else around. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>
3: like, <laughs> I see that. Sounds, yeah, sounds. I think I didn't read. I didn't read extroverted thinking. So introverted intuition is where INTJ leads, so considers future implications of new ideas, visualize completely before acting, many perspectives, test ideas. So the two of you have, like, a shared cognitive function in your stack, which might make sense as to why you work well together. Because um, you, like, work in the world a similar way, uh, just a little, little different. Uh, And then super true. And then
1: (laughs) it also screws us up because we think the other one should be smart enough to like bring up the thing, so we just (laughs) sit there in silence. Like, are we mad at each other or like what?
3: (laughs) Um, And then your secondary function, which supports your uh, primary, uh, is extroverted thinking. So you use external facts to draw conclusions, and you can apply systems to any situation. So it's basically like you what's happening in the world and then like what you've previously experienced in the world. And then you apply it. It's like, well, this is how it goes. This is just how it goes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It worked before. That is how it works. Yes. Yes. That's it. (laughs) That's
3: exactly it. Which is actually very interesting with INTJ because you can see all the possibilities, but also you're like, this is how it always works. But then you can sort of no, you can see, the possibilities, but it's supported by how it's always worked.
1: See, this is when we get into Enneagram, this is where I get messed up on the tests, too, because I don't end up with this. But I know there's one that's very into security or whatever. So they ask all those questions, like, are you ready for the future? And I'm like, well, yes, because even if it screws up, I have a plan. Like, I can figure it out, but I'm not into security. Like, I can just do it.
0: Like, it's <laughs> No, I need security. I love that energy. I love that energy.
1: <laughs> uh, no, but that's why I was so excited that you guys said Peter Parker was INTJ, because I was like, whoa, did not see that coming, but <laughs> I'll take him. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear about it, but... One day. Who's who's an ENFJ that
0: I would know? I don't even know. I always see Dumbledore on the list. So I'm like, Dumbledore? No, <laughs> I, we disagreed. I remember that conversation. We were like, oh, we
3: disagreed no. Disagreed so strongly. Like, excuse me? like I don't see it. Because it's, no. it's wrong and it's not there. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. I don't know if I have anyone cool because I, just I feel I like, feel like you guys did
1: your ENFJ <laughs> episode, right? I told yeah. you all the ones that they said that you would know. Oh, Tyrion. yeah
2: or was that a two tier yeah did we was that we it it was a bit timey-wimey how we recorded them (laughs) (laughs) did we confirm or were we like we need to think on it but yes i definitely about that one i still agree with whatever because i'm still like yeah i could see it it's so funny when we record (laughs) the episodes like so timey-wimey because sometimes people will be like oh you type this person as that well especially in bti i don't remember those as well because that's not my bag um i don't but. remember them either because there are too many of them
3: <laughs> yeah it's a Fair enough. to
2: keep in your head um but i um they'll be like oh you typed that person that's this at that i won't have any memory of doing it but i'll be like i can see it yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's how it makes sense
3: yeah i have no idea what i've said on the podcast something you said earlier and you're like oh you said this and i was like why not oh yeah, no, <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're like the yeah. boat example, and I was like, "What boat example?"
1: <laughs> I only remembered it because it was about me. I know <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. The boat for example differentiation.
2: has been so helpful for me, so I also use it all the time, like even in yeah. real life. Um, my family, where they wanted to be typed, and I was like, "Okay, we can do it," but also, like, they didn't understand, like, "But what does this letter mean?" I was like, "Connie mm-hmm. told me an example. Let me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also like that that one works because there's the two question sorting test that doesn't work at all. And I get extremely frustrated with people when they're like, I took the two question sorting it, test and I'm this. It can and I'm be like- confusing because th- that's the <laughs> thing, like, that people get. It can get you started.
2: And, like, we use it a lot to, like, jumpstart people. But if the thing mm-hmm. is, like, we were talking about earlier, it's about preferences. So, like, right. you can see, like, if you are, I'm very introverted. So, like, that's not it. But if you're more in, closer to the middle, you could be like, well, at work, I'm like, you know, a pe- people person, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I do like my alone time. And people get like hung up on these because there's, it's hard to discern your preference if your preference isn't super strong. So mm-hmm. I can understand yeah. that. For ENFJs, yeah. Steve Rogers, we said
3: was uh, <laughs> an ENFJ. Which would explain uh, I a lot, Rachel. I'm just saying, Gryffindor's right there. I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you say it's
0: exhausting to be you? Yeah, my husband calls me Steve Rogers. And I want to punch him. He's like, uh, <laughs> if you were one of the Avengers, do be Steve Rogers. But shut up.
3: <laughs> well, well, could, you, mean to could you do this that. all day? Could you do this all day, Rachel? Yeah. Bro. Okay. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Do you guys, like, watch Lord of the Rings? Maybe we typed Aragorn
0: as, you um, know, And I love Aragorn. I'll take Aragorn. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: love him in this house. Yes, <laughs> um, and then also we said George Washington from
3: <laughs> Hamilton. From Hamilton. Um, oh, from the the musical. Musical. The musical. Not, oh, not actual history. Uh, we do I not God. care about dead white and say, slave I was owners. Like, I want to.
1: Okay. I'm a huge. It's Like I can be president. <laughs> I'm an African historian, and I have him sorted. And I'm like, I can never talk about it anywhere. So, like, what's yeah, the I'll point? Just, <laughs> you, what
3: have, Okay, but I'm curious. What have you sorted that <laughs> He's a
1: Slytherin. And this is not projecting. Mm -hmm. He really is.
3: (laughs) I've heard the discourse. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's not about, like, the slavery problem, because that's a whole can of worms. But it's, like, his strategy. And this is, I know, very little. I'm not into U.S. history a lot. But um, I feel like the way he, the reason why he freed the slaves was a strategical move for the Civil War, and like to stop the whatever uh, details yeah. that I don't, you know, can't pull out of my yeah. head. But like it was a strategic move and not really because he cared is all I remember.
0: <laughs> and that makes I'm not sense. a math or history person. So I really can't join this. conversation. <laughs> yeah. No. Also, what scared me about the Enneagram, too, because like you were saying, the math thing. Yeah. I did. I wouldn't take it until we stumbled across, uh, across your podcast and heard about Enneagram. I was like, I'm not taking that I, numbers. I can't do it. <laughs> And uh, then I did. And I regretted it even more.
1: It's just like, damn, I was I'm going to pull it. Sorry, I wrote (sighs) down. I was just reading a book about Abraham Lincoln and some other guy had this quote about him um, when he was talking about because he did. It totally was a strategy. And I like to think he got there in the end that he was for it. But I don't know. I don't know him Mm -hmm. as a person. I have no clue. But um, somebody in the crowd was listening to one of his speeches. And this guy was for slavery and Lincoln was talking against it. And the guy was like, he's a dangerous man, sir, a dangerous man. He makes you believe what he says in spite of yourself.
3: <laughs> oh. Like, <"Yeah." laughs> Absolutely yeah. a slither.
1: Absolutely Slytherin. a mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the only real person we'll ever sort. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead, so he can't object. Right. No. We sort sure dead people. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> dead people are allowed.
2: Um, we've yeah. talked about that,
3: too.
1: Like, maybe if they're
2: dead, we can do real people, but we wouldn't want to do. We right. try not to do it too yeah.
3: often is really what it is yeah, because we're but all You about do the- it
0: in your conversations with each other. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just well, just if like- we meet you, we're sorting you. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, just we think professionally we are not allowed to sort other people. But in our personal Great. lives, like, I've got you pegged, <laughs> okay? I, yeah. I, I know what it is, all right? Every person I meet, it is one uh, one or the other. Like, it is one of the three systems that I think about. It's not all of them because, that again, is too much information to take in. But, like, my new boss, I was just like, oh, you're a Slytherin. You're a three. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like, I can just see it without her having, like, taken the quiz or – us really having discussed it, because I don't know that she, like, goes there at all. Um, But I was just like, no, you're a three. And then she's like, yeah, I'm a Slytherin. And I was just like, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can see
3: how you guys are
0: Ravenclaw Hufflepuffers. I probably would have given you that. I would have, if I didn't know, I would have told Lauren after like that's a Ravenclaw and Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just had a is so health. great because it's such a rare pairing as friends and as like romantic partners in media that we've watched. Even that show and
1: Cedric, I was like, we never saw them speak to each Cho other. And so I don't have.
3: <laughs> no Connie complains all the nuts. time. But the thing is, the thing with this pairing, because I have way too many Ravenclaw friends, is that I have feelings and they hate them. And so I, I just sure. I, I push them out, and then they just go no. And I'm just like, oh,
0: yeah. okay. I'm married to a Ravenclaw, you can imagine my my pain and my problems here.
3: Just like so unless sorry. there's no. a, unless the Ravenclaw Thank has you. like a Hufflepuff secondary, it is a real pushback against feelings. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Connie. You chose this life. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be so many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's Lauren surrounded by Gryffindor. She can't get away from us. Wow, I I
1: don't. That sounds exhausting. I'm so sorry. No, it's like, but it's not though because they act that way, and I'm like, all right. Like you
3: just—they <laughs> know you're alive. Yeah. that actually makes I sense free, as an INTJ. That makes sense. You're very easy to be I like mm, responsive for her. Or like, I do.
1: She's or okay. she She's like going on her like drama drama thing, and I like profi- provide her logic, and she's like, "But no, I don't want it." And I'm like, "All right," and I stop talking. I'm
0: like, <laughs> "I just want to yell. I just want to yell about it."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I get that. We have. I have a friend that's um somewhere. We don't have a lot of Gryffindor friends though. But the Mm-mm. ones that we do have, I do appreciate Gryffindors because, like, they're, they're out here. Like, you do need <laughs> action people. Like, you need yes. an action person who's going to go do Absolutely. the thing. Absolutely. And it's good to, like, coordinate behind the scenes for whatever you need. And then you send the Gryffindor.
1: come <laughs> <Go> in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, True. Yep. Send me in. I'm good. <laughs> I okay. I want to hear about enneagrams because that is the one that hurt Rachel, and I didn't. I did not feel anything about mine. I was just like that's interesting. Okay, I was like okay. All right. Well, you
0: you try reading mine and liking (laughs) that about yourself.
1: Delia got you. Delia got you. What, What
2: are your type? Like, let's officially like your types are two and
1: Lauren. You're the wing. Oh, I'm a one one wing one wing two and i think i'm a two oh. wing one no you're a two wing three interesting sorry. you're I'm not worried. the nurse mother person
0: no
1: you're the oh, other brother
4: one. <laughs> you've talked
0: about that one
1: yeah
2: <laughs> i am sorry a five i think we talked about this has it aired recently i'm sure we've talked about it in the ones that have aired um that i have is aired. Have.
3: five is aired six is aired six is aired
2: yeah i haven't i don't have a wing you can have there's different schools of thought, but I do agree with the school of thought that you can have balanced wings because they're just like muscles that you work. And so theoretically, like, yes, you can have one that you use more, but you can also have balance. And I, that's kind of where I am at in my life. And Connie is a
3: nine. I'm at the top of the, cir- of the knot circle. It's an Enneagram. Ah. That is the name of the shape. There you the go. The satanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it is not a pentagram. Because <laughs> that's five. So It's an Enneagram because it's nine. So much I've
2: gotten in in life, like even before having this podcast, you know, teaching friends or people would come and talk to me about the Enneagram. They're like, I always thought it was like a pagan thing. And I'm like, no, it's a shape, mm. but I get why I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, okay. In brief, I'll explain the enneagram real quick, and then we'll we'll talk about your types. I'll try and I know we've been here for a while, but I'll try and keep it quick. But this enneagram. is actually still
1: <laughs> shorter than most of our episodes. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. The enneagram right.
2: right. is complex, and so just hang on, everybody. So the enneagram, <laughs> <laughs> like Connie was saying, it's a the, it's called the enneagram of personality. Um, but everybody calls it Enneagram for short. And that literally just means enneagram nine gram, gram shape. So it's a nine pointed shape. Um, and it's shaped all funky like that because there's a lot of movement within the actual whole system. So you don't really ever stay in one spot kind of, um, but you have a core type. So the types are quantified by numbers. They also have names. Um, like I'm, uh, the five, which is sometimes called the investigator or the observer. Connie's nine, which is sometimes called like the peacemaker. I think it's usually just called the peacemaker, the peacemaker. or the mediator is Also what it, what it is sometimes. So, um, but you can always just say when you're trying to say what type you are, you are your core type, which for Connie is a nine. And then you have a wing, which is just the type to your side that you kind of take on traits of. And so you would say nine wing one or typed out nine W one. Um, The idea of the Enneagram is that we all have, it's kind of, it's very like kind of esoteric. but The idea is that we take on personality to actually like protect our true selves in response to like trauma from when we're younger, but not like it doesn't, it can be like big capital T trauma, but like just little, like we all move through life and take on these little traumas. So it's not necessarily this like well I didn't have like cause some some of us, like we grew up like, I don't remember any big trauma, and that's not necessarily what it means. You still took on like hurt and harm as you moved through the world as a child. And so you developed these defense mechanisms and way to protect yourself and built a personality around it. Um and that's the idea of the Enneagram. And so
3: when you find your core type, you and that's why also- it hurts so much, just as a note. That's why it hurts <sighs> your feeling so much.
0: Got
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great childhood. Guys. There
4: you go.
2: <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, what? it's so <laughs> awkward sometimes when people are like, "Yeah, it really dragged me this part." I'm like, "Oh, uh, no, dude, it's fine. Drag me, I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for some people, it's like real personal. I'm like when they express, I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I understand." Oh dear. Okay, I know a lot about you now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, so you have your core type and the idea of the Enneagram, and we talk about it more in our podcast, I won't go too much into it here, but you, the idea is you want to grow kind of like we t- talked about earlier in the episode, you want to grow past the need for personality, like where you can just be your true, true authentic self, your actual authentic self fours, um, and just live in your truth and, and be balanced really is what you want to be in and, uh, your personality hinders you from doing that. And so it talks a lot about moving in stress, stress or growth. And when you are stressed, you kind of move to the more negative sides of one number. And when you're moving in growth, you move into the more positive sides of another number. Um, and so yeah. Uh oh, and also your wings. That is, it can only ever be the number on either side of you. We it's a running bit on the podcast, but that is because I have heard so many times that hi. I'm a three wing six. I'm like, that's not possible. That's, that's,
4: not how works.
2: that's not how any of this works. Yeah. They can only be on either side of you and it doesn't change your core type. It never changes your core type. It just kind of changes how you do things. Remember, your core type is why you do things and what motivates you. Your wings are just kind of color how you do it. It adds a little flavor, really. A little spice. A little spice. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about our types. <laughs> well, first, you have questions. I know it was very, very brief, but like we can mix it it's out. In,
0: It's interesting that you said that about the, where you're like, that doesn't work. You can't be a three winged six. You can't do that. That's how we feel about um, houses. You can't tell
1: us that like you're Griffin a Puff, Hufflepuff with like a like, regular R- like, like, you, you, you can't do that. No, be a we, R- we, we play Puff. with the primary secondaries, but when okay. people are like, I'm a mix of both at the same time, uh, so okay. like, you gotta be in one, that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Primary <laughs> secondary is fine,
0: but Griffin Puff? <laughs> right, you have to be in a house like that's how sorting
3: works. Yeah. like you in yeah. a house. That's how the house. school that's works. That's how the school yeah, works exactly. Yeah, come it's on. Like I can't like spend can't just, one night like, in Hufflepuff and then one night in Gryffindor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're like this person like acts like a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff, so they're both. And I'm like but you got to pick one, no, and then there the other one in the center. Yeah, the secondary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like I'm like it just doesn't work. Like I know what you're saying, but it doesn't work like that. And like we talked about with MBTI and at the top of the episode, like. Firstly, the Enneagram is very complicated if you really want to get into it. And we won't for our sake. But um, people contain multitudes. So just because you're an Enneagram 5 doesn't mean you have no feelings. Unless you don't. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so you are a 5, a Ravenclaw and a 5. Yes, I'm a Ravenclaw. Uh, and and an an five. I'm and like be. married to you. And that's a my 90.
1: husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow oh hi yeah. <laughs> Ravenclaw 5
1: yeah, yeah. I, I also listened to the 5 episode and was like Ravenclaws yeah, yeah it's a very
2: <laughs> Ravenclaw ty- type sometimes uh Slytherin um again well no you can be any house any type any guy, right. any Enneagram combination but there are friends
3: right <laughs> um, yes says Delia the primary Ravenclaw
2: <laughs> she got a little Sly- Slytherin secondary in there. Yeah, I got, like, a Slytherin moon, but yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a Ravenclaw, maybe Slytherin, maybe then Gryffindor, like, if I had to rank them in me, but Hufflepuff, like, mm. so sorry yeah. to that, Connie, but...
3: <laughs> I'm all alone, man. <laughs> um.
2: But yeah, so if you don't have any questions, we'll just get into the dragging. I mean, talking what? about your types. <laughs>
1: Can I ask about the triads real quick? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Does yeah. that mean
2: anything, or is yes, it just like okay, a way so to categorize? You're right. So the enneagram shape—it's basically in a circle with some points to it. If you guys haven't seen it, um, but it—the way people talk about the enneagram is broken out into three sections. So, like it, only, like we kind of section out in a pie. You can kind of think it that way. Like the top three types are in a, in a triad, and then bottom right are in a triad and the bottom left are in a triad. Like a peace so, sign
3: or like an upside down peace sign?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like an upside down peace sign. And so what, why we section them off is because like you have three centers slash triads. You have the inst- instinctive center, which is also the anger triad um, and head triad. No, sorry. Gut triad. Um, and basically what that means is they are led with the emotion of anger. Like that is the most primary emotion that kind of runs their life. And for, oh, I didn't say the types. That's eight, nine, and one are in that triad. And how that emotion interacts with their type is different for each of them, but that is the primary emotion that they're dealing with. Um, For the feeling center, which is two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) It's the feeling center. um, Also the heart triad um they're the main emotion that they're dealing with is shame and how again how that interacts with each type is different (laughs) but uh there you go um and then the other one the last one is mine which is 567 which is the thinking center or head triad and the key emotion that runs our lives is fear um but like I talk about in the podcast not necessarily like fear like you're always like literally afraid I think of it more like anxiety like this looming anxiety all of the time (laughs) um so
1: that's how those work okay that one got me because I was just thinking like I don't think I'm run by anger because it's hard for me to get angry but then I was like I uh I think the ways in which I get really involved in something is through passion and that is something I'm usually like angry about somebody attacking that passion it's
2: uh, a righteous anger for Enneagram ones
1: Yeah, you are
0: angry all the time what are you
2: talking (laughs) about? I
1: don't it's really hard for me to get seriously angry like to the point of going
0: to talk to someone I'm not talking about you throwing fists I'm just saying you're generally like I don't even confront
1: people but I'll come to you and be like oh my gosh so then I know
3: the truth (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> your core self, you can reveal it I'm to Rachel. Con-
1: yeah. I'm not confrontational <laughs> yeah. or like going right. after people. No. Like sometimes an argument just isn't worth it because Absolutely. I'm like, I, I know that I'm right. So what? <laughs> and then I feel
0: shame for her because she doesn't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can start with so the
2: shame resonated. <laughs> we can start with Enneagram 1 since we're here. Um, so again, Enneagram 1 is in the instinctive center gut triad, which means that the key emotion in life is anger. But for an Enneagram one, it's the rejection of anger because Enneagram ones, listeners at home don't know, um, their core desire is to be good and they fear being like bad, like as as in morally good and morally bad. And so for Enneagram ones, they associate the emotion of anger as being bad. And so they repress it, reject it. And so for a lot of Enneagram ones, they do say like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's because they're repressing it. (laughs) Oh my god! So sorry. Get her. Get her. Get her. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's that. That's a common thing. Um, they will feel because they have, and it, I should say it'll differ for Enneagram one to Enneagram one. It can differ culture, differ culturally. Like what an Enneagram one perceives as morally good and morally bad, that's going to mean different things for each one of them. Like you can have an evil Enneagram one, but to them, they are fi- working towards a moral good. Um, however, uh <laughs> um
0: I kinda lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Uh you can have evil ones that we would perceive as evil. Right. Like and they don't and it's think there's evil. Well, thinking in, and in, it will in change, like, you cool.
2: know, terms of characters, you could have an evil character be an Enneagram one, is sure. But yeah, people okay. contain multitudes. Nobody's evil. Mm-hmm. Well. a lot
0: of true crime stuff Uh,
2: yeah that's why I was like oh
3: well actually um, you're Um, talking about culturally uh, what you perceive as morally good can be different right Um, Mm -hmm. so
2: for an Enneagram one um, they feel like righteous anger when they see moral evil or moral bad happening And it'll kind of differ with the wing. So like an Enneagram one wing two is going to be more um, people focused and also like be more in the world, I think. So I think they'd probably be more prone to righteous anger versus a wing nine, which would be more laid back. And they're kind of chill in like a more relaxed version of an Enneagram one. Um, So, yeah, Enneagram ones. And it's not just about, you know, the internal core dragging. Um, it does mean that, like, Enneagram 1s are typically, you're, like, they're organized, practical, um, pragmatic. Um, they're very good at being, like, I associate them, all- oh, a very good Enneagram 1 example, I th- I think in characters, is Hermione Granger. Um, she is also an ISTJ, which is also, I think they're called, like, the, uh, I don't remember the name. The Soldier, I think. Yeah. Something like that. That's my husband, too. Oh,
0: boy, he's fun. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they're very like organized get stuff
3: done like you're just like you're your practical logical think in the yeah. in the moment. um but like with like a plan
2: <laughs> yeah they're your planners your organizers um but they do again experience that righteous anger because they want to see they want to see the world be good they're very critical also judgmental when talking about like more negative traits because the way they see that the world should be is the right way so when people are not doing that or things are not going the way that they believe that they should and not in a like it's my way or the highway they believe that what you're doing is either wrong or bad um so but yeah, that can come up. Uh, Lauren, thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So I can relate this back to Slytherin because that's the yes! place I know or whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah. So the moral thing, definitely. Um. Most of the time, I'm unsure of what my morality is or what it should be. So I go to like people like Rachel, who have a pretty uh solid view of what. Is right or wrong, and I'm like, is this a nice thing to say to somebody? And like I'm really concerned with doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the uh, the the way that I see the world is right is absolutely hundred percent. Um we say about Slytherins all the time that uh it's really, really hard for us to get past the fact that people don't think the same way we do. So like I don't know if you guys have ever seen Veronica Mars, but yes. we talk about Veronica as a Slytherin. Yes, and it's like she She's like, it's not my fault that you're too stupid to know what I'm doing. Yes. Like, this isn't oh. me being yes. wrong. You yes. just you just couldn't
3: figure it out. Like, yes. what is... Like, <laughs> like, I, don't is what thing, I don't know what else right, to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep,
1: definitely. I <laughs> hadn't
3: gotten that far with her, but uh, absolutely a Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I did not watch Veronica Mars, but like hearing that, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> you yeah, should watch definitely. it. Just never watch
3: season four. Anyway. <laughs> yes yeah
2: yeah no i agree i have heard i have heard uh live in season three and and then just it and, yep. and, and the rest um, of the yeah, game happened
3: no. what about uh lauren's stress and growth uh yeah so here let's you know what we should do
2: i'll send um I mean, you guys can also find one, but I can send you guys uh, like if you want to post with the episode like this is what an Enneagram looks like. Just so like, yes, the viewers are really like because the where you move to stress and growth, that's why it's shaped the way it is. And it's got it's like it's like a little star um, kind of looking shape. It's not a star. It's an Enneagram, but <laughs> 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 um, but ones in stress, um, we also call these disintegration and integration points like the stress and growth points because you're disintegrating from your type or integrating more into your type, you're about to move to a healthier level. You see what I'm saying? Um, but when you move in stress, a one goes to a four. And so what happens when that when you're disintegrating or integrating? Um, moving in stress, you take on the negative traits of whatever type you're moving towards. Um, so ones moving to four will like become more... Um, <sighs> I didn't say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just kind go of, more like <laughs> this kind of is- um detached from themselves. Uh, very, they like go into themselves. I say detached from themselves. I mean like their physical selves, but then mentally they turn inward and
3: kind of retreat into
2: themselves. Mm-hmm. So.
3: So um, our, the last episode that we mm-hmm. recorded is the last of the season, and uh, we talked about Enneagram Nine. And because Enneagram Nine is like at the top of the food chain, I mean at the top of the Enneagram, uh, <laughs> there are uh, Delia went into some extra details. Um, okay. But uh, because every other episode we were either talking about other types that weren't there or types that were hers, and so she's a five is going to be very good at dragging themselves, like very high cut, like dry, like, yeah, this is what it is uh, because that's the type. But then she had such a hard time talking about Enneagram 9 because it's like, just actually look at me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I see that happening now. She's just like,
1: well. <laughs> um... No, you you should do it because I told you I didn't feel anything <laughs> listening to my episode because I was like, Hermione? Gotta go. Like, yeah, keep going. I'm great. Like, <laughs> like, I don't really feel anything, but yeah, yeah. sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, in stress, yeah, you moved to four and yeah become more like <laughs> impressive um will yeah uh fold in on yourself really is how I like when I read it that's how I think of it like just definitely like a folding in on yourself um because fours are very well we won't go, I want to save time you can listen to the episode or or <laughs> go to the Enneagram Institute and and read about fours if y'all are curious um cry about yours yeah and cry about your type that's <laughs> yeah, fine yeah I yeah Um, when ones move to growth though, because ones can be again, very critical and it's like their way or the highway, but again, not in a bossy way. Well, unless, uh, (laughs) but not necessarily in a bossy way, um, in growth, they move to a seven, um, and sevens are more, and again, they're taking the positive sides of a seven when they move in growth. So sevens are more spontaneous, fun, loving, um, flexible, and so once kind of become less rigid because they also tend to be very rigid, they become less rigid and kind of go with the flow um, and can use that energy to further like their quest to do good, um, kind of. So the idea of the Enneagram is you want to consciously start deciding to move towards growth to eventually get healthier and healthier because there's also levels of health to it. It's complicated. Um which we kind of we tell you
1: ever stop. If I get to a seven, then don't I grow to whatever the seven is, and then I have to grow. No, because you're just, you're, <laughs> your core
2: motivations are the same. You're just taking on traits of a seven to help you along, okay. really. Um, and there are schools of thought, like if you notice yourself moving in stress and becoming like more like whatever type you move in distress, there are schools of thought that you could also consciously take on the good parts of that type to try and also get yourself out of that rut, kind of. Um, I've not decided how I feel about that, so I don't really teach that much. I mean, I'm also not licensed to teach, like, let's be clear, um, but, um, I don't explain that part that usually because I just haven't formed my opinion on it, but you could theoretically, according to some, do that as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the type one in very brief, um, yeah. Thoughts, questions, um, nailed it. Yeah, nailed that sounds It sounds exactly like me.
1: I mean, I can speak more to the depressive stress stuff because that's the stuff I remember. I don't remember what I was especially happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah, I stop speaking to everybody. I'm like nobody's reaching out to me. So like, wow. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm completely so ridiculous.
2: I swear, you guys, this completely. is not land. Yeah, just... nope. And I'm like,
1: everything that I ever try is not worth it, and I'm bad at it. And oh like, no. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Well. Oh dear. <laughs> well, we're well, trying to do things right all the time, and I can't. So no.
2: <laughs> well, but you can also always move to growth. Just remember that.
1: <laughs> I, I probably do, and like I don't even realize it because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. they're fun, loving, and flexible. Maybe Rachel sees it sometimes, but I'm just like, that's like a normal yeah. state of being. But I'm also happy. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> And the
2: thing with stress and growth, whereas like we talk about on the podcast, because it comes up in regards to characters, you can have like an unhealthier version of a type and a healthier. The difference is unhealthier, like though your health level is like over the course of time, like you just are in a rut or you've really grown to this next level. But stress and growth can happen in a day. Like you can move around Ugh. like within the same day. Like, I mean, you might have had a really hectic day. Like you got really good we news can- this morning, but then your boss tried to come in, like get you down. In the afternoon, so you can move like it's very fluid um, throughout the day. So,
3: also just as a note, um, since we do talk about this in the story setting and character and talking about character, um, we'll say this a lot on the podcast that uh, part of the interest, like the super interesting part about using the anagram uh, to talk about uh, characters, is because most of the characters are in stress. Like the point of the story is conflict. And so most characters that we see are in some sort of stress. And so I think that, like, we can, you can obviously, like, tell what a person, you know, a character's, like, main type is. But I think um, sometimes people, uh, you know, the people we disagree with, uh, may get tripped up because, um, you know, we'll think about it in the sense of, like, okay, this character is X, but they're going to move to Y in stress. And so some people might be typing them as a Y- But it's not because they're that. It's just because they're in conflict in the story. Um, And again, like, that doesn't necessarily mean the whole story, because obviously, like, different moments of conflict, but also you you can move between one and the other, and you can use your growth to succeed in the conflict, which is, like, the point of story. (laughs) So uh, I really like that, like, addition to to the way we think about character, because, you know... Harry is like the easiest example. It's like he's in stress the whole time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so how you view him may have to do with like with that or um, or the opposite. So exactly, love him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, moving to Rachel's type a uh, two. <laughs> no, we can end. Oh, <laughs> <leave you> <laughs> um, no, okay, look. What I want to do specifically, a little differently, like you shouldn't hate on your type so much. All types are neutral. Like that's my (laughs) big thing because a lot of people, well, first of all, I'm married to an Enneagram 8 and a lot of people hate on 8s. They think of them like as like the evil, bad types. And I'm like, well, obviously I am like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like I will fight. Um, But just, yeah, in general, I think it's really important to remember that types are neutral. Like you may yourself feel dragged, but remember to try and keep it at the top of mind. Like types are neutral it's what we do with them and that's also what we're talking about characters like um i we i think we were just in conversation with a listener who had just listened to our episode on enneagram threes and i talked about how like a lot of the traits of an enneagram three really lend themselves to like villain nar- narratives but that doesn't mean all enneagram threes are gonna be villains
3: the same with like it, all it's of the us Slytherin have, problem it's this little right. problem yeah, yeah. where it's just like those the- traits are things that that type would do but that doesn't mean that like, there are a whole host of traits for Slytherin and a whole host of traits for Enneagram 3. And sometimes they make that delicious combination that makes a villain, but <laughs> not always. Right. We
2: all have the propensity in us for good and bad. So, like, yeah, that was just a little tangent. But all types are neutral. So, let's talk about <laughs> Enneagram 2s, which are also called the helper. <laughs> um, That's positive. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel that emotion. I'm now becoming more conscious of how Connie was talking about how I'm like, usually I'm like, I can very just logically spout it off. But when somebody's sitting in front of me, like I'm an Enneagram 2, I'm like,
0: oh. Fu- uh, <laughs> no one can drag me as much as I can. Like, you're good.
2: <laughs> so, right. Enneagram 2s um, are called the helper because they are very generous, helpful people um they are also sometimes people pleasing <laughs> um uh they can also be very um passive aggressive um because their core desire um which again I maybe didn't say that up top uh looking at core desires and fears is also a big part of like being able to type yourself as in uh, for for enneagram anyway um, Their core desire is to be loved or to be wanted, and their core fear is the opposite of being unlovable.
0: Um, <laughs> and uh, You're fine. Yeah, you're it's fine. It's fine. We're, it's Just fine. love me, and you're fine. <laughs> we love you, Rachel.
4: <laughs>
2: Thank you. <Yes. laughs> um, so with Enneagram 2s, what that looks like, they believe that they have to, again, we're. I forgot to say that we are in the heart triad or um, the feeling center and the core like emotion that kind of drives them is shame. And so they feel a lot of shame feeling like they are unlovable and like nobody will love them. And so to do that, because this triad in particular uh, deals with shame a lot, they're also very concerned about image to avoid said shame. And so for Enneagram twos, they believe if they put on this image of like selflessness and, and being helpful and, and not ever like being a burden, (laughs) they will receive love in turn. Now that is not to say I need to clarify because yes, sometimes that means like like people are like, that sounds really manipulative. Twos can be manipulative. They can be, but not always. Like you're then also talking about levels of health. Like how healthy is this too? Like, where are they in their life at that moment? Because that doesn't mean that always when twos are doing something for you, it's to get something like it's not necessarily conscious, first of all. Second of all, they can genuinely be generous because they do love people and care for those around them. It just depends on where they are, like as far as their journey and how healthy they are, and you know. And yes, that that does mean for some twos it is conscious. They're like, well, I'm going to do this. So this person, but not always.
0: Um, it's me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, he's gonna love me if I wear my Green Day shirt. He'll love me.
1: <laughs> I love that. I don't care now. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Uh, so they move to so
3: <sighs> wings. We did wings.
2: Okay. Yes. Or so wings can be yeah. again wings on other on either side. You can be a wing one, which is what Rachel is, or you can be a wing three. Um, a two wing one is going to be more probably more being genuinely helpful um, and genuine in their actions. They're going to be more idealistic um, than a uh, two wing three. Two wing th- threes are going to be more competitive and like driven by ambition um, or act with ambition maybe is a better way to put it, um, which means they will maybe do things in order more consciously to get things again. Not always. Not all types. Hashtag not all types. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so she's a two wing one. Um, so in- Thank, I don't. Really <laughs> I saw them next to each other. I'm like, these are really similar. Like, I don't know what the defining. I, uh, I don't know. The wings or the
2: twos and ones. The wings. Ah, okay. Well, again, it's just about how you do things. So if you're thinking about um a two-wing one, it's clear when like you see it in other types. Like for me, I am an Enneagram five, right? Which means I am very concerned with like intelligence and being competent and like learning things and whatever, whatever. How I yep. go about that is gonna differ depend on my wings. Like if I am a wing four. I'm going to lean more into, like, creative pursuits and, like, more emotionally channel that energy. Um, If I'm a wing six, um, often that's seen as, like, the scientific, like, version of a five because, like, they're going to be, yes, more concerned with security and isolate more. um, But they're going to be more projecting um, because a six is more projecting. And so they, like, take on more analytical side, kind of. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So that's the same thing with the two. It's not necessarily that they're so vastly different because at the core, you're still a two. Um, but yeah, a wing one is going to be more idealistic. Um, probably going to lean, not in your case, but if you want to look at that, after this two, would probably lean more introverted than a wing three. Um, that didn't matter for you. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> again, because any type can be any, any gram type. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in stress and growth, <laughs> this is fun to talk about, um, for an, okay, no, before I do that, Enneagram two is the similarity between Enneagram two and Enneagram nine, because we kind of talked about that, um, Enneagram twos often mistype as nines, and that's because both seem to be concerned with harmony on the surface, because, like twos are, don't want to do anything that puts people at odds with them basically it can kind of seem like they're conflict diverse but really they're just not ever wanting to show that like i have wants and needs i'm not actually this helpful person like i'm not here always for you kind of this is very just very brief um whereas a nine just genuinely <laughs> connie's like <laughs> uh, <that's me>. <laughs> <laughs> where a nine ho- is motivated by harmony like they strive for harmony um but not because they're like wanting to be loved or anything. It's harmony for the sake of harmony and having everything,
3: kind of like I'm a homeostasis. Scared of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: too. Is thinking, yeah, not scared that, of conflict.
1: I was. Yeah. I was. That sounds exactly yeah. like Rachel because <laughs> she'll fight with anybody, but then she'll. <laughs> She'll come to me and be like, I think you said something kind of harsh that is going to bother me. Like, it's not going to bother anybody. It's fine. <laughs> She's like, no, but they might not like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> also,
2: twos also don't know what they want a the time and either do nines. Nines don't really know what they mm. want or need. Both don't. But twos, it's because they keep having to like push it away. They're like, I can't bring this to the forefront because then people won't know that I'm like this helpful or whatever. And so they out of habit kind of unlearn what they want and need. Um, sometimes some still do know, and that's probably a healthier type too, but um that's another reason why people often mistype as nines. Um, but anyways, moving forward <laughs> into growth <laughs> and stress. Twos in well, we'll start with twos and growth. Twos and growth move to the positive sides of a four. Um, so they're more they become more like um emotionally intelligent, emotionally available. Um more aware of like their their selves like more when I say themselves, like their wants and needs, and they're better able to assert it because they've like tapped into themselves more um. I should have started with stress. I did that with the one. Sorry, I did it backwards. (laughs) That was on on accident. (laughs) That's so funny. No, go ahead. Uh, So a one moves to four in stress and takes on the negative sides of a four. A two moves to four in growth and takes on the positive side. Sorry for doing that in a confusing way. (laughs) And that's just... I followed. I love. it. Okay, good. That's just a coincidence. In stress, a two moves to an eight. I love eights. Okay. And so...
3: (laughs) And this is... Which, again... Which again, uh, your love of Sirius Black—he's your <laughs> quintessential eight. <laughs> yeah, he, right. yes, absolutely.
0: I love eights too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I
2: I when twos move to eight, they be, in stress they become more combative, angry, um, aggressive, and this will happen for twos a lot specifically, um, like when their needs aren't being met and reciprocated. Because for twos, they want you to intuit. Like, they're like, I've done this for you. Um, so you should be able to intuit my needs. Never mind that they're not ex- like expressing them, but that's not the reality of a two. A two feels like I intuit your needs all the time. What the heck? I'm here. Yeah. And so, in that way, it can push them. And that's how you can kind of tell the difference between a nine and nine would not do this. It can push them to finally <laughs> have the blow up and be like, look. <laughs> um, <laughs> that can be one of the ways they move to stress but you can also obviously move to stress in other ways and so often they are kind of uh, fighters and especially when we're talking we were talking again about like characters a lot of times people are like I think they're a type 8 and I'm like well that's just because they was fighting right then but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a type 8 because 2 is also moved to 8 in stress um, so yeah that's why I was like it's very Gryffindor energy it is very uh, <laughs> you like serious Black I was like this tracks okay cool Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that was those in very brief, but did you guys have questions? I loved it. I, yeah, I have a question. How do you keep all that in your head? <laughs> um, I've just done it for so long. I think like I've yeah. talked about this, I don't think on the podcast, but like people ask me that a lot and I was like, it's not cause it's not a thing you should just be able to like, definitely it's, it's like steps. The, the, Enneagram, even just learning the Enneagram is a journey, but my granddad, um, taught the Enneagram like a long, long time ago and taught it to our family as a way to like help us better communicate it. So I've known the Enneagram since I was like 10. So it's just been wow. the length of time. But, but otherwise, also,
3: yeah. But also, she's a Ravenclaw. And also <laughs> type fives are concerned with, uh, you know, knowledge and knowing things and going into like deep dives of of different topics. Yes. And so... um. If My Delia's decided protect me, yes. If <laughs> decided she wants to know about something, she's gonna go and learn all about it because she wants. If she's gonna talk about it, she's gonna want to be clear that you know she knows what she's talking about. And uh, on both, we have a, a Patreon podcast uh, called Token Black Girls. Uh, if you subscribe to the Black Girls Create Patreon, you can listen to it. Um, and also on... Tolkien
2: as in Tolkien, the author,
3: to be clear. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's Awesome. Yes. Um, but if you... But also on the nerds of typing, Delia will be the first to be like, so I'm not an expert. Like, she always has to clarify <laughs> and, uh, you know, give a, a, a warning that, like, this is how I, I see it. And this is how it is. And this is what it is. So don't come at me because I know what I'm talking about. Like, there's <laughs> always like this energy of like, don't come at me because I did my research and I know what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, and so that's also type five. So that's also another reason why she remembers these things, because she is concerned with competence and knowledge and and, and the pursuit of knowledge, like not just like knowing things. She just like, n- not just like I need to know it so I can know it. it's like she's very interested in what it is. And unpacking I just those really processes. like learning
2: for the sake of it. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so that's
0: so. That so <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is. also yes. very Ravenclaw. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hugely Ravenclaw.
1: <laughs> I, I liked what you guys said about like story always being in stress, too, because one of Rachel and I's favorite things when we're sorting to look at is how characters fight. Ooh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. to figure out what giveaway. house are in. Yeah. Rachel's convinced, it's like her holy grail that she's like, "No, nah, yes. I've seen you fight. <laughs> I know <what> you are. <laughs> now that might be because as a type
0: two, I just relate to this anger in people, this, you know. <laughs> but it tells me everything I need to know about you. It's true. When you Interesting. go off get <laughs> Interesting.
2: Like, what's well, a good example? Like, a good character example. Mm. We, um, even if I don't know them, just,
1: Brilliant. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna. We the fight we just had about the fight <laughs> between Jonah and Amy. Do you guys Super watched Superstore? Ooh.
2: I okay. did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I'm not caught up. I stopped like maybe halfway through. Uh-huh. But yes, I do know those characters.
1: Yeah, I they started. had a, you a can huge
0: spoiler. Huge argument. Argument. Spoiler. Oh well. Oh yeah, our episode is coming out. Mm-hmm. The Superstore ones before, this. One, before yeah. this one. All right. So that's a Gryffindor Slytherin, and then we which are, which is a great
1: Slytherin. pairing, mm-hmm. great romantic pairing. A lot yes. of times. Yes. Yeah. So. Slap, slap, kiss. This kiss, is Sarah. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So wait, exactly is
1: Amy the Gryffindor? It's been a long time since I've yeah. seen but Amy's yeah. Gryffindor. Okay, Amy's okay. the Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. Jonah's is like a weird Slytherin. Okay. and she's oh, like yeah. a
0: yeah. she's a me kind of Gryffindor. She's very combative, very defensive, very like um. <laughs> it's not me. Don't look over here. I only am helping. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, very much like that. And Jonah's very logical, and he's he's straight up asking her in this huge argument, like, where do you see this going? And Lord felt it was a very fair question. I felt it wasn't, (laughs) and I would have deflected and said, "You can't put me on the spot right now. You just can't do that. It's not fair." I got it.
1: Interesting. It's not an unfair question at all. Why would I continue with this if you don't know what's happening? (laughs) Because I told you I loved you, and that should (laughs) be (laughs) enough.
3: But part of your thing as an ENFJ is that you need to, like your extroverted feeling is also based on like things that you've experienced previously. You have to you need time to process. You can't just do it on the spot. Exactly. No, yeah.
0: oh, no. Don't ask me anything on the spot. No. Never.
3: Yeah, never. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never. No, no. I've had this
0: whole year of um, being a remote teacher. Mm-hmm. And I literally I have a script. Yes. Next to me. Yes.
3: <laughs> just, like, I and that's not. part of it. And and that is part of why um, as an introvert I can present as an extrovert. But it's because if I know what the role I'm in needs to be and say, then I can I'm more comfortable in, like, but, like, if you put me on the spot, then I'm going to be less sure and on, like, uneven footing. But, yeah. like, I can go to a con and, like, if I'm on a hair Potter panel, I'm going to know what I'm talking about and, like, present like I do. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's just, yeah, I need, I need the time to process and to think about it and to prepare. And so, like, I think I've had jobs previously where it's, like, if I have to call someone or, like, do something, like, like a you know a a, a rote speech uh, as part of like customer service or whatever. Um, I just like either have it like up somewhere or I've like memorized it well enough that like even if I even if I do need to uh, move into like um, like spontaneous conversation, which I'm good at because INFJ, extroverted feeling, all that stuff, uh, and like relating with people, I can do it because I have that basis of of like preparation. Of preparation. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I know exactly
1: what yep. you mean. Well,
3: <laughs> I, I know function
1: that way, too. I know we've been going really hard, too, on how, like, any house can be, any Enneagram can be, any MBTI, but I feel like we're all just really, all four yes. of us are just really good people, too, because I think we're all defying that and fitting into, <laughs> like, Delia's got, like, the five Ravenclaw, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Connie earlier said she didn't like confrontation, and one of our, like, really stupid, like, base level, we get into it, but when we're, like, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, we're unsure, I'm like, does this person like to fight? No.
3: Let's go on the Hufflepuff podcast <laughs> yes. and see
1: what's happening. Absolutely. Here. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: All about harmony and like bringing people together. Uh like, you know, any type can be anything, blah, blah, blah. But there are patterns and there are trends and absolutely yeah. a Hufflepuff, it will trend towards nine very fast.
2: <laughs> I mean,
3: Lauren's an INTJ Slither, and I'm like, yeah, yep. yeah, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> INTJs are typically Slytherin or Ravenclaw. Like, that's just a common thing. Wow. I feel like ENFJs do trend towards Gryffindor. Uh they just do INFJ. I think goes to other like INTP is usually the type that goes towards nine. INTP and INFP. Uh, INTP? Ward- Wasn't it? Didn't, That's me. Not- oh
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you break ISFP, them. ISFP, <laughs> ISFP, I think. It yeah. Was. Um. I don't remember. It's like our episodes yeah, no, on our ISFP. on our show. Our episodes on our show. Um, We just kind of had to pick, you know, we wanted to do it in nine because, you know, nine's the number, Uh, but, you know, there are 16 types for the MBTI. And so we had to like, try to figure out like ways to split it up. And in retrospect, I would have just done it by cognitive function, but I wasn't that far in my life. I was still in like 105 and I wasn't at 201 yet. So like, you know, my, uh, the planning process I learned in the planning, in the research stage, uh, but we kind of just sort of had very loose trends of, like, types that kind of go together, and then the rest kind of fell into place. And so some of the episodes, it's like, wow, these really kind of, like, all sound like the same kind of person uh, and characters that are, like, represented in the Enneagram and in one of the MBTIs, but that's not always the case because just, uh, we just had to pick because there are 16 types, and they don't all equally spread out to all of the Enneagrams. So um you know when you're thinking about trends and uh commonalities
0: yeah man i couldn't do it i don't live in my brain this way <laughs> i could not hold this information in me mean, but again so I, have a I was thing. Like, I I can't with numbers, uh, system, facts. I I don't know. She came at me the other day like, I don't know what
1: degrees are. Like, how do you ever remember? remember. I was like, what are you talking (laughs) about? And she was like, you know, like how many degrees a circle is? And I was like 360. I know that. She's like, I don't know why. But they don't make no sense. How how does a smaller circle and a bigger circle have the same degree? (laughs) Correct. I still don't get it. Ah.
3: I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I do have a, a you know, a piece of paper up with the cognitive functions listed out that I that I drew and then I made an air table of our research of like the characters that we've typed so that we can keep track of like each character and like the different types that we've assigned them. So it's definitely not something I can keep in my head. Yeah, it's so funny because But we- the fact that you do that. <laughs>
2: We don't do that. <laughs> well, it's so funny because Connie will keep like the air table up and stuff while we're recording, and like after like two episodes, I was like, "Yeah, I don't have anything up. Hopefully, I don't need to like check something. <laughs> like, I just am going off. Like, mm-hmm. I hopes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Which I-, I think Lauren is more of the uh, like note taking, yeah. um, fact checking. I- I'm, I'm just definitely. spewing shit. I'm like, I'm yeah, saying because whatever. if I'm
3: wrong, that's <laughs> the worst thing in the world. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Yes, I think every good duo, uh, but especially in the trend of podcast duos, has the organized one and the one that just goes. (laughs) And you would think it's actually is the organized one and I'm the one that just goes. But, like, it's reverse in, like, actual, like, talking about the stuff, like... Delia is the agenda. She got the she's editing the podcast. She's doing a lot of the administrative work. And I'm just like, yeah, we're just here because I'm just like, yeah, feelings and, and just go with your gut. And she's like, no, we need logic and organization. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like that's part of me, too. It's just, uh, you know, it's fine. I don't know,
0: guys. I don't think I have any of that in me. No. Oh, my gosh. Rachel's, logic always, at all.
1: Rachel's always like, I just sort people and I just know that's where they are. And Lauren will explain to you why I said that. Yes. that this is why. Yes, it's, there. The this is yep. there. it's the intuition.
3: It's the intuition part. It's just yeah. like, I just know it. And Delia has the facts to back it up. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I just know. And I can pull out examples. But Delia's like, no, sure. no, 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 no. OK, based on, <laughs> you know, stress and growth in the Enneagram. And then, you know, like and she does know more about the MBTI that like because she wants to be competent in it, she's learning about the MBTI. So sometimes she starts saying stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Me too with the swords. Yes. Yeah. No, seriously, we
1: promised, we promised fighting. I was like, we're gonna fight. And we have agreed on every <laughs> single character we've sorted except one. We've and said he's we said we he's technically won't fight. four years old. So okay. oh. it's like it's <laughs> a hard a one. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not a kid, but he's a he's four-year-old pre- entity. So mm. yeah. <laughs> Is it Vision? Four-year-old entity. No, we did Vision. Okay. Um, although that oh, entire Vision. episode is me explaining to Rachel why Vision isn't what she said, because she didn't get the plot. But I was <laughs> like- <laughs> Well. <laughs> she, she was like, White Vision and Vision are the same person. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: it's like, that's a Ravenclaw. They're fighting with themselves. Who better to fight with no, themselves not- <laughs> than a Ravenclaw? claw? totally Like, Delia, things. if you could just pull yourself out of yourself and argue something with you, wouldn't it make the most sense? I, mean, like, I do that anyway. I'm out of that. Under- I'm- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> but I mean, if you could have a physical Delia in front of you, have a conversation Oh, absolutely. With or something. Oh my gosh. Do you yeah. know how Wait, that's but, See, great that's great what she but Rachel, that's how <laughs> all, that's how like, introverts think, is that we're always having a conversation with ourselves in our head, and that's oh why you're God. like you needed to be an external. <laughs> you, you need it to be an external person. <laughs> <do you> <laughs> You need it to be no, an external person, but we you can do it in our heads.
1: Of Sam Winchester talking to himself, his soulless self. I and- thought he was like a little
0: ass of a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I have to talk to someone to, mm-hmm. to figure out my own thinking, and then it, I'm like so grateful for it. I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me what I think. Now I got it. <laughs> now I can
3: move on. And sometimes you don't even need the other person to speak, do you? You just start talking. No, no, I talk to myself. <laughs> I can talk to myself out loud. I have to work. I do, out you, loud, we do yeah. it in our heads usually.
1: She had a whole conversation with me where she was like, when I'm doing this, you need to be more expressive with your responses. And I was like, I don't have a response to give you because you're doing it on your own. She's like, yeah, but you need to be like excited about it. Like, I can't just have you going K every time I write out a yeah. paragraph. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: all right. <laughs> Last night I was at the seven 11 and there are these two, just what I assume to be fuckboys, okay? <laughs> standing outside of seven 11 drinking beer outside I said I'm just like staring at me watch me pump my gas and I'm like yeah I can I help you and they're not responding they're just staring at me and I was like Lauren I'm gonna take I'm gonna just to start taking pictures of them and I sent her paragraphs picture I was taking pictures I was like I'm gonna, oh my god I'm gonna just I'm gonna run them over like I was freaking <laughs> out and she just goes "K, right. cool not the energy you needed in a uh unsettling no. Uh no she's not she doesn't match my rage and I, that I constantly feel and that I run on she's re- she's rejecting sorry. anger I don't yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah she's like I'm gonna run them into the gas station for looking at me like this I'm like okay
3: like, you you do what you have to basically, do basically, <laughs> basically it's like well it's I'm sure it's worked before so <laughs>
0: yeah. what are you gonna do when I do run someone over Lauren
1: I'm gonna not tell You're anybody that I was in that DM no. I'm
0: gonna show them the DM and I'm gonna say she was. In my <laughs> well, I don't know. I just feel like a walking um, nightmare of a person stereotype because I'm also a Leo. Wow. So I just feel like Whoa. it doesn't stop. Whoa. Yeah, it's like,
3: <laughs> I know it's terrible, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm a Taurus and like that it does track. But I, because, you know, there's the stubbornness, there's the like f- food, naps, like very chill <laughs> But also, like, I just want to be resting, eating a burrito. Like, (laughs) my energy. No, I don't have a rest function. Like, I am all rest. I'm all rest. And a lot of, I don't know if, Lauren, do you have a rest function? Because I feel like you might not as an INTJ. Because (laughs) INTJs like to be working all the time. Yeah.
1: Also an yeah. Aries. There is. Yeah. And i Aries. I was like, I was trying to think. <laughs> right, no, <laughs> wait, before we get into astrology, I was going to say too, like the Slytherin thing as well, uh, earlier when I said I just like throw all my anger on Rachel or whatever it's like the neutral state Slytherin, where I'm like, I don't need to be on for anybody in the future to need to like me for me to get things from them. Like I'm yes. just being my, being my yeah. Um, the Aries thing is bad. It's Aries is just like everybody's dumb. Why are they?
3: St- yeah, the fire, comes, like, out. That fire comes out. That fire comes out real strong.
2: <laughs> I was freaking out because our friend, she also is the co-founder of Black Girls Great, the host of Wizard Team, Bayana is. A and enneagram 1 intj aries, aries.
3: yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh. she's a
2: ravenclaw but she's a Claw. okay okay wow. okay well, logic for sure yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's why I was like wait no way <laughs> yeah. that
3: that's attracts
1: awesome. A lot. That attracts a lot man this is we tried so hard to be like don't don't worry it's not you know you're not in a box it's it's fine <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i am the box <laughs> i'm like yeah. the box
0: you google the box and you get a picture of me yeah. or just yeah. the nfj it's true to leo <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god I could have played that little man you know in that movie about the feelings the the Uh, anger, inside out inside out just anger oh yeah
3: inside
1: out yeah
3: (laughs) I am I am joy but like in sadness's body because I'm like chill but like I'm just like yeah let's be happy and but like I can present like chill externally yeah. yeah yeah It's, yeah, I don't have as much energy because I'm more like, I want to chill. I don't want to be doing things all right. the time. I want to be napping all the time.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I don't have a rest state. Like, there needs to be something that I'm working towards. Like, I need to be going towards something or it's what, what? What is the point of me? <laughs> yeah. Like, <what? laughs> this is why we fight so
0: much for fun, too. Right. Like, it's just, we really do just start arguments with each other for fun. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's why we debate things and... I don't know if it's a fire sign thing. I don't don't know.
3: Probably because Delia and I do not do that. We were like, oh, (laughs) we were like, oh, I mean, I because we strongly believe we're right. So like we know that people are going to disagree with us. But like neither of us are really like the arguing type. So it's just like, I mean, you're just wrong. We're not going to like fight with you about it. And if we do fight (laughs) with you, it's going to be in very long measured paragraphs about why you're incorrect, uh, which I did the other day because um, I the two of us. Uh, Ship Zutara and uh, my friend. Oh yes, my friend yes! was like, "It doesn't make sense. It's very Dr- Draco Hermione." And I was like, "No, no, no, no. What we're we not going to do." And so I just like wrote out some measured paragraphs, like, "No, even several- I know Zuko's not Draco." Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> what we're not going to do is compare those two because, again, <laughs> in terms of writing, one got a redemption arc and one did not, and that means a lot for why the female character." The the type one, you know, would uh be with Zuko and not with Draco. It just no, so you know it's. But I pick my battles. I don't do it all the time, (laughs) uh, because I my my state is my inertia is rest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I felt my face getting red when you said it. That's the exact opposite of me and Rachel because we like invite people to fight with us because we're like, oh, it'll be really fun. But then they do. And then I'm accidentally really invested and I get genuinely mad if <laughs> somebody is not seeing why what I'm saying is correct. It depends. It depends I, yeah, on I, how they yeah, come I, at I you. was going to say, I don't know. I don't know about Rachel, but like now I'm thinking about this more, too, about like rejecting anger or whatever. I like will actively people will like call me out on the timeline like they're talking about sorting people and then they'll tag me. And I'm like, I literally can't enter this conversation because you guys are having a fun time and I will get mad. <laughs> I don't want to come in there with that energy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like, like, we can,
2: I like discussion. Like, that's how I see it, which is probably, like, people are like, that's what people like to argue say. But um, (laughs) I don't mind discussion. But also, like, I just inherit, like, we've done so much work to come to our conclusions that I'm like, yeah, but I already think I'm right. Like, there are some, like, it's come up a time or two where I'm like, oh, that is an interesting, if you can, like, explain to me your point of view and, like, be like, this is how I got here. I could be like, oh, that's really interesting. I still disagree, but that's interesting. But usually... Usually mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, well, Zuko's moody, so he's a type four. And yeah. I'm like, that's not. That's not how this mm-hmm. works. I can't entertain it. Yeah.
0: It's not how what is works. his type? Zuko's? Yeah, Well,
2: we could say it. it's fine. We've said it in other places. Oh, and it's on our Instagram. But yeah, he's a type nine is how we've typed him. Oh, um, so,
1: Interesting. Yes.
2: It's interesting because he's a nine wing eight because everybody's like, he's so angry and blah, blah, blah. Um, but a nine-wing eight. Wing eight will. While well, I said nines are conflict-avoidant, um, with their wing eight, they will move. They will
3: let their anger out in order to resolve conflicts. Right. Um, it's, it's okay. less about avoiding it. So, as a nine-wing one, I will avoid the conflict at all costs. But because I I am seeking harmony and peace in the situation, uh, but a nine-wing eight will like confront the situation because it will dissolve the the conflict, uh, and then create peace and harmony. Right. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. So, um, how
3: do you function like that without I, you know, <laughs>
0: yelling at people and arguing? <laughs> passive <laughs> aggression. That's how a drive yeah, on
2: Connie. That's literally what nines do. They get really <laughs> passive aggressive. Oh, sweet.
1: Me too. Why? Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> <Well, he's>, uh, <laughs> just reminded me. Um, you know, you're right. You like build the whole thing. There's a there's a common Argument debate friendly debate in our fandom about real people and they're sorting so we can never talk about it here. But I wrote a 19-page paper on why he is the house he is, and I literally never want to hear anything from him <laughs> again. I'm like, I've I decided. I've yeah. <laughs> like, I decided. I don't yeah. have anything else to say. <laughs>
2: I didn't write 19 pages and not consider your points already. You're not going <laughs> right? to tell me. Anything yeah, no. New. <laughs>
1: there's active arguments against what you all are saying. <laughs> like there's. Read the paper. <laughs> yeah. We do that. We're like, listen to the episode. Like, we don't have anything else to add. We said it all. So,
0: Yeah, some of those comments about the Steve Rogers. So then they were like, I've never seen such a terrible nerdy take in my life. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> all right, yeah. man, you got to listen to the episode. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, done. yeah. <laughs> Y'all should just listen to the episode. Like, I just don't like the fast <laughs> takes. Because also
2: we we use um, Instagram more than we do Twitter. Because that's like where a lot of Enneagram and MPTI content is. And, like, we follow a lot of other, like, Enneagram, MBTI accounts. And they type characters, too, to varying degrees of success, in my opinion. But uh, reading <laughs> the comments is so, like, I'm I don't not, do like, it. I I stay out of it. But people will it. be, like, dragging these content creators, like, ah, wow. how dare you? He is so clearly an I and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, okay, well, then why? Because this content creator just, like, gave you, like, slides and slides on why <laughs> that they are. They are the type that they are. But you're just here dragging Pete. it's just I like I because I live in logic I'm like if you're not going to come to me with your points and explain
0: why Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right now that we have had our personalities ripped apart and some of you at home maybe you have too and we know you enjoyed it please tell us where everyone can find you take it away Connie fuck yourselves
3: (laughs) Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at constar24 uh, you can also find The Nerds Are Typing on Twitter at Nerds Are Typing and on Instagram at The Nerds Are Typing.
2: And you Char- can find me. counts, man. Yeah, the character counts. It's rough. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Delia is Typing. No relation, just a coincidence. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I did that <laughs> for the reason you originally thought the Nerds are typing was named the Nerds are typing. Like, oh, oh, I'm just on the internet typing whatever I want to say. <laughs> so I'm going to be Delia's typing because I used to be at Delia Dumbledore. But then I broke up with that fandom a little bit. So I had to <laughs> rebrand. And so that's what I picked. And then in planning our podcast, it just so happened. I was like, wait, this is a cute idea. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's going to seem. Yeah. Not- <laughs> I definitely thought you made your Twitter with the nope. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought up. about tra- changing it again but I'm not creative, not creative enough to come up with yet a third
0: so but it just matches and fits so well. yeah, now. Mm-hmm. yeah. people can find you so easily exactly which is what we want so yes. thank you and so much for
1: being here yeah y'all are about to start doing characters so I'm really looking forward to that as well in your season two yes, so very excited yes. yeah I'm very excited I love listening to it thank you <laughs> We learned so much from you. Yes. <laughs>
0: well, thank you guys for having us. Yeah. Well, thank thank you, you for being here. Thank you for the dragging, even though I know maybe you were uncomfortable with it. It's okay. I'm totally fine with it. You can yell at me. Tell me I'm terrible with it. <laughs>
3: Never, never. <laughs> Types are neutral and uh, they're all great.
0: We will take that with us. Types are neutral. So no dragging your own type at home.
1: Yeah. Everybody's, Everybody's good. listen do it. And we will see everybody else uh, in the next two weeks. It's Hannah's birthday episode, so we're doing Ooh. Star Wars, the OG, Ooh. OG trio. Yeah, very excited. Ooh. I'm excited. Mm. Rachel is upset, but <laughs> it'll be fine. Anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye,
0: everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sort of Brilliant. If our sorting choices inspired any rage or excitement, we'd love to hear from you. We're open to feedback, suggestions for characters to sort, and solid counter-arguments with citations. Never forget your citations.
1: You can find us hanging out on Twitter and Instagram at sob underscore pod, or shoot us an email at sortofbrilliant at brilliant And since we're not above begging, please rate
0: and subscribe to Sort of Brilliant on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please share our posts on social media. And if you're a Gryffindor, maybe you'll inspire sorting fights among your own friend group.
1: The theme music is Hot Shot by Scott Holmes. Can't wait to sort with you again next time. Bye!